I told you not to go out tonight. You are about to face the screen's most horrifying challenge. I see something. Now let's get out of here. Somebody out there. You're about to face. Katie Pick. Tonight won't be like other nights. Tonight, terror is waiting. Something's out there. Vicious, without pity. Turning the air thick with fear. A madman's out there. A step too quick. Dangerously strong. And your blood will stain the dark streets. You are about to experience horror more real than anything you could ever imagine. I told you not to go out tonight. You're about to experience... Katie Pick on Turn Up the Night. Oh, you guys thought all this shit was over on Halloween. Uh-oh, it's Thanksgiving Eve, everybody. <laughs> it's a new holiday, and uh, Kenny Pick is its founder. Welcome back. Uh, welcome to, I should say, the weekend edition, the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. Of course, joining me out of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Joe, Sir- Joe Santorsa from Scranton, the Electric City. And we are so looking to this 12-day vacation. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping yes. uh, he seeks asylum in North Korea. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, don't choke on a fortune cookie over there either, buddy. Um, actually, that's quite an American thing, uh, fortune cookies. Um, but um, mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, <laughs> Rain has the evening off uh, tonight, everybody. But uh, uh, graciously sitting in. Uh, I knew that we couldn't count on them for Tuesday because Halloween is huge in their household. Michelle Lagan in South Florida, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And yes, we had over 90 kids. So our doorbell would have been driving the computer sound systems mad. Yeah, well, we had over (laughs) six, six. Uh, (laughs) And... We had about six, <laughs> and then then one adult that Susan gave fruit snacks and Canadian currency, um, and of course Miles Lagan uh, from Port St. Lucie as well. Uh, also, uh, both Miles and Michelle can be heard on Mike Check Radio just about every Saturday from seven to ten p.m. Eastern with host Adam Hebert and myself. But not tomorrow. I won't be there, but you guys will be, right? Yes. Hello. Oh, that's the plan. Yeah, that's good. Yep. So. Yeah, yep. So, because I, I'm taking the night off tomorrow, because in Adam and I are switching music shows as well. Uh, he's going to be taking over the night show tonight, and uh, I'll be taking over his midnight sun slot tomorrow. I'm, he's going to play. I don't know what he's going to play, but I'm sure it's going to. He's probably going to play some. Some. Yes, we are beyond Halloween, but screw it. It, it deserves to to get extended because we're going to have to tolerate a bunch of Christmas stuff everywhere. From now on, they already stripped the Halloween stuff out of the stores, and now the Christmas stuff is there. So you know what? Oh, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're doing because Halloween means a lot to to I know to to me, and definitely Michelle and Miles, and I know Joe is is cool with it, and so is Rain. So uh, you know, this is this is a good holiday, um, and uh, it's um, you know it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah the, Chris, the Christmas Christmas comes. Uh, the Christmas advertising comes closer every year and it just yep. begins to piss me off more and more and I get a little I, I actually start throwing things when I start getting yeah. catalogs and stuff yep oh I was making cupcakes <laughs> last night and I was like god damn it is that a Christmas commercial mm, yes. when I was, when Susan had the TV on and it was it was I think it had Shaq in it too um so <laughs> but um 
all right, so here, here's where we are, folks. Um, I want to say, Donna Brazil, I sure hope your book does well. I really do. <laughs> um, I have a very interesting article I want to read here uh, for everybody, written by a conservative. I shared this on my Facebook page. And it's written by a fella named uh, uh, John Ziegler over at Mediaite. This is his opinion piece. But it has some several, uh, it has several interesting facts in it. And the headline of this is, The 2016 GOP primary was at least as rigged, quote, rigged as the Democratic version. And this he published this about 3 o'clock today, 3, 3 p.m. Eastern. And it starts off, President Donald Trump has spent much of the last few days rejoicing in the allegations that the uh, 2016 Democratic primaries were rigged on behalf of his perpetual wicked witch Hillary Clinton. His cult 45 base of support has been uh, in rapture over this story, and it has provided a wonderful distraction for Trump from the many revelations regarding the growing scandal involving Russian influence on his election victory. As usual, there are major factual problems with what Trump is claiming. The biggest in this case is that you can actually make at least as strong an argument that the 2016 GOP primaries were rigged for Trump as you can uh, as you can that the fix was in, uh, quote-unquote, fix was in for Hillary on the other side of the equation. First, the original allegation is laid out by former D.C. chair Donna Brazile has several problems. It was done first. First one. It was done for a book, which means she has a great incentive to come up with new information that fits a narrative that might make people want to buy it. Two, she herself in the 2016 cycle, uh, dis, uh, uh, she left herself at the uh, she left the 2016 cycle disgraced and knows that she needs a new narrative to potentially rebirth her career. She also knows being supportive of the now powerless Hillary uh, Hillary will not accomplish that. Um, three, she took part in a so-called rigging by using her CNN connections to tip off Hillary, uh, what she would be asked on the televised town hall meetings. Uh, four, her charges are remarkably vague, not particularly shocking or new, and do not touch on the issues that actually indicate an actual rigging of the process, like preventing ballot access, altering vote totals, or changing the rules after the fact to ensure Hillary's win. I'm hardly being naive here. I get that Hillary was always going to be the 2016 Democrat uh, Democratic nominee. Th this is this is his opinion here. This is not me, just so everybody knows. Um, <clears throat> but the outcome was executed in a way that was far more staged than rigged. This is kind of like when an NFL player got uh, who got drafted in the first round beats out an unknown free agent for a position. The process wasn't rigged, but it would have been next to impossible for the first round draft pick in whom the team is already deeply invested not to get the nod. I kind of get that, but it's a sports analogy, so I'm a little <laughs> lost. I'll be honest. No, I, I pretty much understand it. Um, and, and I don't necessarily agree 100%. But continuing, it, would all, it should also be pointed out that, uh, that contrary to statements Trump has made in the past, the 2016 Democratic primaries were not that particularly close. Hillary beat Bernie Sanders by almost 4 million votes and would have easily won the delegate, delegate count even without the superdelegates being counted. 
On the other hand, it's at least as clear <clears throat> it is at least as clear that Trump was the beneficiary of a GOP primary process which was not remotely fair and using his own bastardization of the word rigged. Uh, despite this, he ended up receiving far less than 50% of the total votes cast even with the last 10 states uh, being essentially uncontested. Trump received at least $2 billion in free advertising during the primaries from uh, a news media which was salivating over the ratings that he was providing them without, even, uh, without having to lift a finger. Leading uh, the charge were the media outlets which had the most influence within the GOP voting universe, some of which, like Breitbart, were later, uh, we later learned were actively working to sabotage other Republican candidates. Foremost uh, among uh, these uh, media outlets was the Fox News Channel, which at the time was run by Roger Ailes, an old pal of Trump's, and uh, uh, starred a very Trump-friendly primetime hosts, uh, Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, and Greta Van Susteren. According to former Fox News star Megyn Kelly's post-election book, uh, there's ample evidence that Trump wa was leaked her very first critical question at uh, the extremely important first debate. I am personally convinced, uh, this is parenthetically, he says, I am personally convinced that Ailes gave Trump the heads up um, and that his tremendous Rosie O'Donnell retort was the most significant moment of the entire campaign. Uh, but it wasn't just the news media which was rigged. The 2016 GOP primaries for Trump, some would say in part rather ironically because they all had a desire for Hillary to be given uh, the easiest opponent to defeat, uh, the GOP establishment against which Trump ran actually did a remarkable job of helping him seal the deal even when the game was far from officially won. The RNC chairman, Ryan Priebus, went out of his way to stop, um, or, I'm sorry, to open a potentially a potentially key GOP debate by effectively saying that it was time to stop attacking each other and accept that Trump won. Then he, uh, then he and the party went to the extraordinary lengths to shut down any real dissent against Trump at their convention, far more than Hillary, uh, the Hillary forces did at theirs. Most uh, memorably, with Ted Cruz being humiliated for having the gall to urge people to vote their conscience. Uh, I'm sure it's just purely coincidence that Priebus and Sean Spicer were both rewarded top White House jobs after they helped uh, set some key blocks, which enabled Trump to stumble into the end zone. When you immediately hire the guys who referred to uh, your shocking upset uh, win, uh, I'm sorry, refereed your shocking upset win, uh, this might be a sign that the game was rigged. Of course, to people who understand Trump, none of this should be a surprise. He's a master uh, at projection. Whenever he strongly accuses someone else of doing something unethical, there are usually only two explanations. Either he's creating a distraction or he himself has done exactly like, usually worse, uh, what he is alleging against his enemy of the moment. Uh, in this case, he's clearly doing both. Thank you, John Ziegler. That was an amazing uh, 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 piece right there. You get an amen for that, brother. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you think about all the all the things, and and, and let's also not, um, uh, you know, something he didn't mention here was how media outlets would not push back on lies he was spreading about his opponents. Ted Cruz, I'll use that as an example. You know the the, uh, yeah. the yeah, grassy. They you know, definitely were uh, 
softballing him. They wanted him back, and if they treated him too harshly, he wouldn't return, and they craved those ratings. Yeah. Well, to push back on Brazil a bit, <laughs> a bit, mm-hmm. um, there's a few facts that I think we should clarify. One of them is that both candidates, Sanders and Clinton, signed joint fundraising agreements with the DNC. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that meant that they were going to share their fundraising with the DNC, who at the time was broke, dead broke, and had no money to fund lower races in the houses and the senates and the in the and the state houses yeah now second point is hillary clinton was awash in cash and bailed them out bernie sanders gave them next to nothing and might i also add bernie sanders was not and is not a democrat so whatever the party felt about Bernie Sanders, okay, he wasn't one of them. He isn't one of them. He caucuses with them. Mm-hmm. He prides himself on not being one of them. So that the Democratic Party would have a bias toward one of its members who so generously <laughs> bailed them out of a cash problem would not surprise me. It's politics. And you know what? Bernie didn't earn their loyalty. But even though they said then in the agreement that this agreement was in no way to show any favoritism to any candidate. Okay, that's all I have to say. So, uh, Michelle, any thoughts on this? Um, I, I really don't have much. It's been rehashed. Um, my only thought is that when 30% of what one candidate does is is wrong, considered wrong, and then 30% of what another candidate is, is considered wrong, if we keep rehashing it and rehashing it, even though I know it's important sometimes, we're going to lose 100%. We just need to fix the problems and continue on. Oh, I you know, agree that's 100%. That's all I can say. That's why oh, I'm, sure. I, I was really disgusted that Donna Brazil brought this up because she basically just threw chum in the water to distract away mm. from from what the real issues are that are that are truly and, jeopardizing yeah. our country. And mm. we don't need that right now. We need to fix the problems. We need to get everybody at least, you know, we're not going to be ever 100% for everybody. But if we continue on the path we are, we are going to lose 100% of what we've accomplished. And we can't do that. We can't let ourselves implode over over these little... 30% or 20% or 10%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, differences. And it, yeah. it makes me cry. And, uh, and I just want to say, I just want to say, Donna Brazil, enjoy the Trump cult money because you sure as fuck aren't getting mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. you know, I mean, she's selling books. She's selling books. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you know, uh, it's disgusting. Well, you know how she's selling books is disgusting. Because she's basically cashing in on Trump's America, you know. Exactly, and and like I said, there were internal. Look, the Democratic Party has its problems. There is no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. 
problems began in 2008 and before. Uh, Barack Obama set up his own funding, his own party funding, and left the Democratic Party without funding. I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying he was wrong in doing what he did. I'm just saying that there were internal problems in the Democratic Party, and Hillary Clinton, a lifelong Democrat, bailed out that party. It's a private club. Yeah, the Trump cult okay. said she was money laundering. <laughs> no, it's, a private, it's a private club, okay? Yeah. It's a private club. And it, that's it. And I'm sorry, but Hillary Clinton won by more than four, by almost four million votes. There was no way, like he said in the in the article, that the, he, she that Bernie Sanders was going to beat Hillary Clinton, even without superdelegates. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you're bad losers, but that's the way politics went. Yeah. So, and but another, another one more point is that let's put a period at the end of Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden. You know, and all the people who are still hanging around, I love them, love what you did, but we do have to move on. All this oh, infighting yeah. isn't going to help anything. Exactly. Just let's, not, let's just not lie about what happened in 2016 and try to start pointing figure, fingers when there is plenty of blame to go around. Sure. And it really doesn't matter anymore. Well, it, yeah, and, and it just... It's that that one part that he he brought up, and I'm going to change the subject in a minute here. But that one point mm-hmm. he he brought up about you know Donna Brazil getting busted, uh, sharing questions you know that she should should not have been sharing, and and it's like really this is how you're going to try and redeem yourself by throwing <laughs> right the, your entire party under the bus because that, that's what you're doing if just in for the name of sensationalism and selling books, and you know mm-hmm. you don't you know. What you you just switch parties now? If that's how you how you how you feel, um, and um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I and uh, uh, oh man, I had one other thing I was going to say about it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I just want to say you know it, it's good for you know Larry O'Connor at least that he's saying hey guess what Trump cult sorry <clears throat> look what happened with your asshole you mm-hmm. know and he's mm-hmm. a conservative a real conservative mm-hmm. might I add. You know, yes. not a star-struck knuckle dragon, you know, trailer park denizen, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry for. I know there's some good people who live in trailer parks. My apologies. Um, but, uh, but anywho, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 change the subject now because there's some there's some other stuff to get into because. Um, I did have oh, some oh, go ahead, go ahead, Miles. I I agree. Bernie had no chance of winning. None. I mean, I voted for him. I mean, I, I wanted him, and uh, you know that was my that was my get go. I I I appreciate that. Yeah, Bernie was not a Democrat, and still isn't. The issue I have is the uh, DNC proclaimed itself to be impartial, and that was clearly not the case. Well, they were, as Joe said, they were tilted towards Hillary's favor. I mean, that it wasn't enough that it wouldn't have changed anything. I understand that. I'm not saying the election would have changed, and I'm not saying Bernie would have won. I'm not. I know he wouldn't have. My issue is with the DNC, and you're out there, and you're trying to pull, paint yourself as this 
let the people decide kind of organization, and you're working behind the scenes not doing that, it really sends a message. Because when you see the rallies that Bernie held and the youth that turned out, that's the future of our party. And it was a major... Uh, it, it's, it's disheartening to see us instead of trying to expand the tent <clears throat> it's like a just a keep just intentionally trying to push them out like we don't want you well and this is not the kind of thing we need uh, i and i don't so, well yeah. I, I i don't think whole just just one thing about that every establishment party and there's only two okay is going to behind the scenes push their establishment candidate. They don't like insurrections. I agree. So that that's a that that's a normal part of the process. But in the broader sense of what the book Brazil's book contends to say is that it was rigged <clears throat> for Hillary Clinton. And I don't care what their bias was, I don't care what their funding percentage was or whether he was a Democrat or a Republican. He lost because yeah. he got less votes. He yeah. did. Yeah. And, and there is and, no uh, way we, for the yeah. DNC to rig that. No. no. You can't no. rig the voting machine. Oh, well, no, so they couldn't. Rush I agree. But right. my, my point is that they proclaimed to be a level playing field, and they weren't. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I don't think any, any party is a level no. playing field. It's politics. No, they're not. They're what right. They proclaimed to be until Debbie right. Wasserman Schultz had to resign. But there you go. All right. So moving on, because uh, I do do not want to relitigate every faction of the 2016 campaign. It, it's uh, you know, oh, it's fine. there's a uh, there's please, no yeah, <laughs> please move on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, because there are so many bigger fish to fry. This is a slightly longer clip that I'm going to pl play for you, and I just want everybody to listen to how goddamn excited Aaron Burnett is about this breaking news. <laughs> She was giddy. She was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say giddy. She was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this. But uh, Aaron Burnett with uh, Manu Raju, this news about Carter Page's testimony, uh, latest testimony. Well, yeah, uh, testimony from the other day um, regarding Jeff Sessions. Oh, it is just magical. Breaking news, another major blow to Attorney General Jeff Sessions in the Russia probe. We're just learning uh, at this moment here some breaking news. The former Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page, testifying under oath today to the House Intelligence Committee. And we are learning that Page made a stunning statement. Page told the committee that he directly told, now Attorney General Jeff Sessions, that he was going to Moscow in July 2016. That, of course, would be during the presidential campaign. Now, this is crucial. He just said it under oath. It comes as Jeff Sessions told Congress that he knew nothing about any Trump campaign official having a contact at any time with Russians. Manu Raju is out front. And Manu, look, th this is a big deal here. Carter Page, under oath, coming on top of the revelations, uh, revelation that Sessions shot down a suggestion from the former advisor, George Papadopoulos, uh, to meet with Russians when they were discussing uh, Russians who said they had dirt uh, Now uh, on Hillary Clinton. Now you've got Carter Page. How significant is Carter Page's testimony? 
Well, we we're learning tonight, Aaron Carter Page uh, mentioned uh, to Jeff Sessions in June of 2016 that he would travel to, he planned to travel to Moscow, claimed that it was not related to the campaign. It was a speech that he was planning to deliver in Russia. And he told Jeff Sessions this during a uh, private dinner that they had with Trump. The Trump campaign national security team uh, just steps from the Capitol at the Capitol Hill Club. Now, uh, this is significant, Aaron, because uh, Jeff Sessions on multiple occasions uh, said he did not recall uh, having any discussions with anybody about Russia. Uh, in fact, he was asked at a June a hearing before the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, whether or not he was aware of if Carter Page had traveled overseas to meet with any Russian officials. At that point, he said, I don't know. Uh, he said he didn't recall, uh, and he also said that uh, flatly no on a number of occasions whether there were any communications uh, with Russians uh, and the Trump campaign. And Aaron, this comes uh, in the aftermath of Monday's revelation of the court documents that were unsealed that George Papadopoulos had raised the idea of a Trump-Putin meeting during the campaign season at a session that Jeff Sessions attended uh, in March of 2016. And yeah. that meeting also, Jeff Sessions did not disclose to Congress, but the fact that we are now learning that Carter Page testifying before the House Intelligence Committee today, telling them that he did inform Jeff Sessions before the trip uh, about his plans to go to Moscow, sure to raise even more questions on Capitol Hill, Aaron. Yeah. And just, just in case uh, anybody forgets. Let me be clear. I never had sexual relations with Russian operatives or Russian <laughs> intermediaries. Anyway, I had to play that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, how many times has Jeff Sessions lied under oath now about not meeting with Russians? <laughs> or not, know, I'm sorry, I, about I, not knowing. I'm sorry, not, uh, let me rephrase. About not knowing about meetings with Russians. Oh God! <laughs> Twice. Well, he's not—he's not lying as much as he is evolving. He's lying. Yeah. No, it's lying. He's—he's <laughs> he's evolving. You, you, you know, he's, there's some smoke when the Republicans are asking and wanting Jeff Sessions to come back and amend his testimony. <laughs> that's evolution. <laughs> well, this no. is no, this is not. Uh, no. That's, I'm only kidding, of course. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I putting know, you on. But... <laughs> I'm being facetious. <laughs> I, 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 oh, that little Mixelplex, Keebler elf, whatever you want to call him, not, you know, the, the, the house elf. I, I want him out. I, I, I want him gone. He should never have gotten into that place to begin with. I don't, think he's, taken a, I don't think he's going to make it to Thanksgiving. T- no. No, I don't think he's going to make the flight home from uh, the Asian trip. Yeah, but, really? but like, but like, Tro- no. but like Trojan Rabbit says, who's going to prosecute him? Well, that's the thing. Is uh, I? Yeah. I, I don't well, know. Nobody's gonna I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't have any kind of fired. magic eight ball on what's going to happen. But whatever's going to happen isn't good. You know. Well, you know, Trump is going to fire him. And yeah. it all fits into Trump's playbook anyway, because Trump firing Sessions takes out the recusal. And now he has a pathway to get at Mueller. So yeah, who's he going to put me, in his place? Give me a excuse. He's got to put in something that has to be approved. Well, yeah. sure. But give me an excuse to get rid of the guy. And he doesn't have to be replaced. Yeah. They, could just, they could just put the next in line there. Well, he doesn't have to replace himself. 
it, know, it's a it's a perfect setup for Trumper. You know, there's somebody who already yeah. wants wants to be head of the Justice Department right now. We got a the, right here. The uh, saddest thing is that because I'm the President of the United States, I am not supposed to be involved with the Justice Department. I'm not supposed to be involved with uh, the FBI. I'm not supposed to be doing the kind of things that I would love to be doing, and I'm very frustrated by it. I- <laughs> That's right, ladies and germs. He didn't realize that he wouldn't get to be a dictator. But he's going to give it a shot. I'm going to swing an iron fist around and tell them mm. they're fired and just prosecute people and throw people in jail like I promised I would. It's really Oops. frustrating, really frustrating that I can't just, uh, you know, be judge, jury, and turn executioner. Everything o- turn everything over to, to Jared. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not, you know, I just know it's not good. I know people, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be terrible. Terrible. Well, at least we're not part of the Trump cult. You know, I mean, the the more shit like this that happens, the better things look in 2018 and even better in 2020. You know, I don't know who, if Trump's going to get impeached, I don't know if he's going to resign. I know I don't want President Pence. I, I would just, uh, honestly, I'd be happy at this moment to just make Trump's entire four-year run just as miserable as fucking possible, um, you know. So, you know, he just up and decides he can't, he, he won't even want to run a second term, I don't think. So, and Pence well, is you, so, uh, so unlikable, there's no way he would be able to win. One of the great joys today was to read Bob Corker's rebuttal to that statement he you just played about him on the radio that I, uh, you know, I posted in the production chat. Did you see that? Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, no, I, I'm I have sorry. it here. Well, let uh, me just read what Bob Quirker had to say. About well, it. why don't you hold it till after the break? Because it's, it's okay, seven, yeah, sure. it's seven thirty. So, um, sure. <clears throat> all right. So in the spirit of, uh, Frank's giving, we're going to, um, um, still play some uh, crazy Halloween stuff on the breaks and everything and in honor of Franksgiving Yay! we're gonna listen to uh, Franksgiving uh, Franksgiving day by my buddy Mort who's gonna be on and Michelle I think we might get on air a little bit uh, tomorrow um, and uh, talk to Mort about the latest sound effects CD and play some cuts with him on the air so uh, and we might get some people on Skype because I think you skyped in at our last Halloween party didn't you uh, us? I don't think so. Uh, oh, I thought maybe you did, didn't you? Or no, not Skype. Did you call the number last year when we saw the phone number? I don't remember. Oh, I, so. I think I called the number. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. So. <clears throat> okay. But uh, but yeah. So I think you and Francie called in last year. It was fun. But anyway, uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and go to the break and uh, listen to Thanksgiving Day and a couple other fun things. But we'll be right back. With lots more, uh, turn up the night, the Thanksgiving Eve edition, right after this. Take it off the air now, please. You've got to at least. We have used interruption. We're having technical problems. Please stand by. It's time. It's time. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. 
dark masks. Gather round your jeans and put on your mask. Watch. All witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third commercial, it's still on, please. Take off the third channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to, please, stop it, stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. It's cold and it is raining on the old Bavarian Alps, hidden in the shadows of Castle Frankenstein. Lightning flash reveal the old stone walls And inside the doctor makes his calls And if you are in the village I know you surely hear The sound of a carriage late in the night Go back to sleep, have no fear It's Thanksgiving Day Monster must live. More power, Igor. More power. I'm trying to get up as much as I can. Yes, yes, that's it, Igor. This night must be turned up. Yes, master. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Yes, master. That was a bad idea, Igor. Get the torches. 
Oh, I love that little little shtick. I wrote that and sent it to Pete and Steve, and they voiced it, and then I assembled it uh, many moons ago. And it is a it is a fan favorite here on Turn Up Tonight. Welcome back to the program, uh, Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Joe, you there? Okay, uh, I heard a click. But, uh, oh, hello! <laughs> there he is. I, I'm here. I was on mute. Oh, there you go. That that usually is the reason why we can't hear people, or they're taking a dump. Um, so, <laughs> and of course, uh, welcome back, Michelle Lagon, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Hello. Hello, and I had a great Halloween. I'm so happy to continue it into November because, damn it, Christmas is just taking up too much time. Yeah, and we're going to keep playing Halloween mu- ro- music on rotation until Sunday uh, on the network, Yay! and then I'll, I'll switch it back. So everybody enjoy. It's a really good mix, and, and uh, we've worked really hard on getting uh, some uh, nice, eclectic, hard-to-find Halloween stuff. And uh, I think we've done a good job here on Indie Media Weekly. And, hey. of course, Miles. Oh, I'm sorry, hey. Michelle. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that some of the music that you sent me uh, was played over our speakers for our ha- haunted Halloween graveyard this year. Ooh. So we had some of the, you know, the kill the hippie stuff, the, the hair wolf, <laughs> and nice. uh, the, the Dracula's ring of power and all that fun stuff. So we put had a your, blast. Put it on your finger and watch it glow. Uh, oh yes! <laughs> oh, the places that you will go, uh, and of course, uh, <laughs> Miles Lagon, Port St. Lucie. Uh, happy extended Halloween and Thanksgiving Eve Indeed. to you, sir. Yes, I just want to share a quick. Our first trick or treater showed up. It was a little boy, probably six or seven, and it was an older sister, I suppose. And the, and he's like, and we have spiders everywhere, fake spiders everywhere. And he's he's coming up. I'm scared of spiders. I'm scared. Of, he's doing the pee pee dance of fear. I mean, he was jumping around, you know, because we had little <laughs> things on the ground. And the funny, the, the ironic thing was, he was in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> oh, <So he> was... <laughs> oh, that, oh, that poor kid. Adorable. And of course, Joe, you you wanted to. Uh, I, I, we're gonna, we're going to change uh, topics here away from politics for a little bit. Uh, but uh, what was your what what was the thing you wanted to read? Oh, that was uh, when you mentioned about um, we were talking about the, the justice system and how uh, Mr. Trump would like to take take it over. Yeah, and his statement today before he left for Asia. Uh, Corker had this uh, just about an hour ago. He said, "Let me, like me, most Americans hope that our justice system is independent and free of political interference. President Trump's pressuring of the Justice Department and FBI to pursue cases against his adversaries and calling for punishment before trials take place are totally inappropriate and not only undermine our justice system, but erode the American people's confidence in our institutions. And to that I say, thank you, Bob Corker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, we, we, we like to hear that, but, you know, again, um, 
would have been nice if you wouldn't have let him be in your party in the first place. <laughs> yeah, uh, you yep. call a day late and a penny short. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this throughout the show uh, because uh, we have a, a fair amount of selections here, and I don't think it would will do 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 them justice to do more than uh, two at a time per segment. So, uh, Michelle and I have picked movies, monster movies, horror movies, scary movies, whatever you want to call them. Um, We've picked uh, some of our favorite must-see films, and I I know it's hard because I said, Michelle, give me five, and and she's like, it's hard to whittle it down because we we both really love horror films, and um, and, and it it is a difficult task, and I, I had a harder time than you did coming up with my list <laughs> michelle because i was like shit what do i do but i got some good ones i got some good ones so michelle yeah. we'll, we'll let you go first um uh, which one do you want to discuss first the abominable dr fives because that's my most all-time favorite and i know it's not a popular thing a popular um genre but he uh, vincent price is amazing and that role next to theater of blood is just spectacular so and if anybody isn't familiar with the abominable dr fives it's almost kind of like it's i don't think there would be saw movies now if if it wasn't for the dr fives movies or seven or seven precursor to that yeah yeah and um and and also it, it kind of has a little bit of phantom of the opera flair and it's it's early 70s too so it's um um yes and it's 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 given away in the trailer but basically he's uh, dr fives is 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 come back from the dead seeking revenge on what was it nine nine people that killed his wife or killed him well no killed his his wife was went went in for surgery and she died on the table and he's blaming the entire surgical staff for it ah okay so and he he himself is kind of undead and what's really creepy and a kind of a genius thing is that when he talks he doesn't move his mouth because it's like he has a prosthetic face and underneath yes. and when you see his real face it's really creepy but um the the, the it was just a really kind of ingenious way to pull off the idea that, that you know he had a false face you know yep yep uh, but uh, but here's the trailer, and we'll discuss a little bit more afterwards. Here, this is uh, the abominable Doctor Fives from my birth year, 1971. What lovely music for a murder, or two, or three, or nine. Who's this? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet a dear friend. Nine killed you. Nine shall die. Your wife, no fives. But you I will kill. But you can't, Doctor. I am already dead. Here, how are we going to get him off this? You take his head, and I'll take his feet. Let's unscrew him. (laughs) Doctor... Who samples the finer things of life in his own 
inimitable way. Because uh, of boils and bats. Frogs? Uh, frogs, yes. And because of blood. Curse of hail in the bloody middle of nowhere. Now I'm terrified. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and of course, Vincent Price. Uh, everybody knows that voice. Vincent Price was, you know, just such a staple of my childhood in the 70s. Um, uh, you know, I remember just, and, and you're probably familiar with uh, this too, Michelle, since you're a comic fan. You remember all the shrunken head ads that Vincent Price did, and th- they had them in print and on like Saturday morning cartoons or um, yes, whatever. Where he was basically they sold the shrunken app or the, the shrunken head kits that you made out of like a an apple core or something. And, yes, and um, uh, I always wanted one of those. My parents were like, "It's just rotten apples," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but uh, those commercials were great. And, and of course, they always had the print ads that I would just gaze at. And I was like, I want to make shrunken heads. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he was just everywhere. And, you know, and then in the 80s, he did, you know, Thriller and everything. But but Dr. Fibes, it has been a very long time. And when I saw that trailer last night, I was like, I got to watch this again soon. And, I, and I, I've never seen the sequel to it, actually. The sequel's not bad. It's a little more hokey. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know that's the '70s movies. So, yeah. but it it it, it is very funny. Uh, it is it, it has comedic value and it has really oh. horrific value because if you yeah. see some of the 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 deaths he puts on these people, they're pretty nasty. Well, I wanted to see the second one as soon as I saw the sausage machine. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the sleeping the sleeping bag. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh-huh. that was pretty horrific. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but no, that that the great great pick. You had a couple in there that I was like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I won't spoil I think- the spoil the other one. I'll just say it's from 1987, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, and uh, but uh, it, so, uh, anything else you want to add about the abominable Doctor Fibes, Michelle? All I can say is when you watch it, you will see some very familiar faces. There are a lot of character actors that were very popular during that genre, especially oh, I, yeah. in any of the British films. So yeah, well, Peter, and, Cush- Peter Cushing was in it, too, wasn't he? Was he? No. Maybe he was in the sequel, because I watched both trailers last night, and uh, yeah, I know one of them said Peter Cushing. Uh, yeah. I don't remember, but I know that there are faces that you will see in there, and you'll. I know um, in the theater of blood that Vincent Price was in, it had Diana Riggs. So. Hmm. And and she's she's amazing. But yeah, uh, um, yeah. Doctor Fives Rises Again has Peter Cushing in it. Yeah. Okay. The second so. one. Yeah. Uh. So. But, our, but you'll. Yeah. Both of them are great. They fit in seamlessly together. And a little bit of comedy, a little bit of horror, but it's Vincent Price. Yeah. So you can't really go wrong. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, my favorite favorite horror film of all time. Um, I can't say enough about this movie. Um, and it's uh, directed by Panos uh, Cosmatos, I think is his name. Um, uh, l- let me figure out uh, 
uh yeah panos cosmatos is, is the director uh he's like almost exactly my age and um growing up in the 80s uh he was canadian i believe um and he um would go into the video store and look at all these horror films that his parents wouldn't let him rent. Yeah. And, and, and he would, and he wanted to see them so badly. And so he started getting ideas and, and just kind of like dreaming up what possibly could these movies be about, you know, with these crazy covers and everything. Um, and, and I have a feeling, I know some of the movies he probably was talking about probably like, you know, uh, the keep and layer the white worm and things like that. Um, the so movies? yeah, the the keep is great. I love that movie. Oh yes. Um, and and he obviously it in in the name of the movie I'm talking about is I've talked about it many times. It's from 2012. It's called Beyond the Black Rainbow, and it is a visually stunning film. The music in the movie is amazing. Um, it's done by Sonoya Caves, uh, which is, um, uh, it's, it, I think it's a one man group that's like electronic, but it's, it's vintage electronic. If that makes sense. It's like they use older synthesizers and keyboards, um, and some organs, some like electric organs and whatnot. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Panos Cosmatos wrote this movie, and basically, I think he. And, and when you see the 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 poster for it, it looks like an '80s, you know, VHS cover. And it, but it, you can tell that he he's influenced by people like um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, why? Oh, I, I I can't I can't not remember his name. Uh, that's not cool. A uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, the director anyone <laughs> uh he did uh clockwork orange oh 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 <laughs> you know stanley kubrick it's a stanley yes kubrick. i just remembered okay. yeah so he's influenced by kubrick uh visually um and it, it the, it's it's has really vibrant colors at times but it has really stark contrast lots of black and white and everything and um and it's a truly terrifying story too. And another thing that is really, I think, kind of timely, quantifiable, and oratund about this film uh, is that it uh, has a lot of elements. Oh, here I'll play it this. is timely, quantifiable, and oratund. Do you know what that means? Yeah. Uh, it, it has a lot of similarities to Stranger Things. Or I should say, Stranger Things has a lot of similarities to Beyond the Black Rainbow, because it's about uh, a facility called the Ar Arborea Institute, where there's a girl being held against her will. I'm not giving too much away. This is stuff you can learn from the trailer. Uh, there are lots of crazy experiments going on with uh, mind expansion and um, a possible dimensional travel but that's not like a really big thing into it it has more to do with like mind expansion and kind of occult things and um it, and it's really has some insane cryptic moments that are just haunting you know 
kind of in you know uh, to a lesser degree of like what we got out of Twin Peaks, you know, this year. Uh, but it is it is stunningly acted. There's an actor, uh, the actor who plays the lead, Michael Rogers, um, plays um, Doctor Barry Nile in the movie, and uh, it's a uh, it's it's just and it, and basically another thing that um, uh, Cosmos uh, or Panos Cosmatos says about this movie is he kind of based it a lot on. A lot of that, the the crazy like evolution of like Aquarianism into New Ageism into you know, and then kind of being crushed by like eighties materialism kind of thing, you know, and and like trying to market these these New Age ideas that were kind of started by hippies and and whatnot, and so it's kind of a a movie about the perversion of that kind of thing in the eighties, and it's set in the eighties. And Dr. Barry Nile actually drives a DeLorean. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I want to play everybody the trailer because the trailer, uh, you know, it, it'll give you a fair amount of information um, and you'll hear what I'm talking about about the music because it's good, like, retro music and very intimidating and intense. Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea. And I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. Some of it got a little mumbly towards the end, but I, I did my best. Uh, so you might have to watch it with subtitles on here and there. But you hear what I'm saying yeah. about the music. And I mean, yeah. it, it, it when I hear that music, I immediately, now that I've been watching Stranger Things, I think of Stranger Things when I hear that music, you know, because it's it's 
you know, I'm not saying Stranger Things, you know, the, the creators ripped it off because obviously there are a lot of people that grew up, you know, they're, they're, you know, these, the brothers who do Stranger Things obviously have a lot of the same influences as Panos Cosmatos. And, um, and by the way, Panos Cosmatos, one of the coolest names ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it, I, I just can't say enough about it. You could just, you know, put it on with the sound down and it, it just, it's just visually stunning. Uh, throughout but it's it has a it has a coherent storyline but again it does have some some very cryptic uh, moments that uh, uh, will leave you thinking and maybe a little queasy so there you go beyond the black rainbow 2012 I mean I I, I saw the trailer for this and I was like I have to see this movie there are so few movies that uh, I, I you know will see a trailer for and I'm like no matter what, I'm going to find a copy of that. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to watch it because I know I'm going to love it. Uh, one of the one of the other movies that came out around the same time that I wanted to, I was hoping would be on par, and it's not quite up to snuff with Beyond the Black Rainbow, but it's called uh, Beneath the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I'd like that movie. Yeah. I really, I really did too, but I think it, it, you know, I, I, I'd hope for just a little bit more out of it, but okay. it was still good. Yeah, it was still good. Yeah, Miles and I really enjoyed that. We yeah. we watched that and really had fun with that the, one. The beach scene, just oh, oh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's what the hell? Yeah, no so spoilers, it, but wow. And, and you know, it, it also, uh, so there's a little bonus one for it there that we all three agree on be, uh, beneath the skin yes. of Scarlett Johansson, um, and uh, the the uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else about that. Uh, it but it's it, it has a lot of very cryptic haunting moments, and it, so that it, it's spiritually related to Beyond the Black Rainbow for sure. Um, and uh, I love movies like that, movies that just aren't completely cut and dry. This is how it's going down, you know. Something there's going to be a yeah. curveball at some point, you know. Um, so, so that's that's beyond the black rainbow for me. So, anyway, um, uh, uh, D- Joe, did you want to throw in an honorable mention for for a, a scary movie that's a that's a go to for you? No, but you know, while you're talking about this movie Beyond the Black Rainbow, I've been reading about it on Wikipedia, and I am struck by the similarity to. Stranger Things, especially the uh, captive uh, person yes. that he has in the lab, yeah, and um, and L in Stranger Things, yeah, or Sarah, and uh, yeah, it does have a striking similarity, and I can see where his uh, um, influences are in the eighties. Oh yeah. There's, I think there's even like there, there's a TV on at one point and Reagan's on. There's something, something, some important moment from the '80s. I can't remember what it, what it was, but um, yeah, according to what I'm reading in the plot line, she was left there only with a television to watch. So, yeah, well, this but, was actually uh, a television in the doctor's home at one point, I think. But yeah, and another similarity is that that she she was uh, looking for her dead mother, and so was L, if I remember, Sarah. Well, in, uh, strange. 
let's not talk too much about that because <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, but uh, but yeah, th- th- there are some there are some similarities. Uh, so I, again, I don't know if if maybe they saw it and just forgot about it, or you know, never saw it and just coincidentally came up with this idea. But obviously, Stranger Things has a much larger cast and a lot more. 80s elements a la Goonies or um yeah you know stand, stand, stand by me Dandy yeah. you know uh yeah. all, all that's a video game culture and everything so uh, uh Miles did you want to throw something in real quick before we uh uh head to the break and get uh, Pete on? No it's okay uh, horror movies really aren't my thing I mean I'll watch them with Michelle yeah. stuff like that but uh you know there there yeah there's some typical you know uh, Alien was you know good Oh yeah, um, I, I I like that, and uh, but you know, nah, I'm not that. I, I'm more of an action, sci-fi, thriller, fantasy. You know, yeah. Adam, turn your cell phone off. You're in the theater. <laughs> he's like, he's like, movie starting. Turn your cell phone off. Don't didn't you see that? <laughs> movie starting. Hebert. All right. Oh, I know. I, all throughout the show, I expect him to be typing squeak. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and uh, run to the break. We'll get P.S. Mueller on the program with us here and see what's uh, going on in his neck of the woods. And uh, we definitely will talk a couple more movies, uh, at least a couple more. It take, But now I'm seeing it takes a while to talk about these, but it's still fun. So, yes. yeah. And a good, much-needed distraction. So anyway... Let's go ahead and uh, run to the break. We'll be right back with uh, lots more uh, uh, Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Boy, that's that's getting to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? What, what kind of radio station is this? KennyPick.com This is the manager speaking. Give me your attention for 60 seconds. In a few days, we will bring you something new that's never been to town before. You will actually see at this theater, in person, not a movie, a man buried alive. You will be able to see him in the grave through a specially constructed viewing tube. Since I am unable to admit you free, all I can do is urge you to see this truly amazing and unbelievable sight. We will give a bottle of My Sin perfume to any girl who can look into the grave and not faint. We will have an ambulance on call. If you look into this grave, you will remember it the longest day you live. Thank you. You can run from Suspiria. You can hide from Suspiria. Who's there? Who's there? But you cannot escape Suspiria. Once you've seen Suspiria, you will never again feel safe in the dark. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Happy Halloween! I'm Dumpy the Pumpkin, the fresh ice cream cake made daily at Carvel. And here's my good friend, Ricky the Witch. Are you having a Halloween party? Go to your participating Carvel ice cream store and ask to see us, Dumpy the Pumpkin, Wiki the Witch. Or if you want to send one of us to a friend. Please phone 800-327-GIFT and call a cake honors most major credit cards. Thank you. We now bring you a special report from the Transylvania News Department. Count 
Dracula has ordered the world's leading monsters to come to his castle immediately. This conference on the night before Halloween only confirms the rumor from an unimpeachable source that Halloween is in danger of disappearing forever. Who knows what impact this will have on tiny tots all over the globe. If this rumor is correct, this means the end of Halloween, a beloved 2,000-year-old tradition. Who conceived this diabolical scheme? Some experts believe that Count Dracula himself is behind this threat to end Halloween. It is a sad possibility that Halloween, which got its name from All Hallows' Day, may be receding from us forever. And so tonight, the ancient streets of Transylvania are wild with rumors about this gathering of monsters in Count Dracula's castle. Trapped. 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 <laughs> They're trapped in a whirlpool of shrieking fear. From the most fiendish idea ever conceived by the human brain. The brainiac. Amit has a friend. She was beautiful, desirable, and not altogether human. The curse of the crying women. Together they will trap you in a world of horror. But if you live through it, you will never forget the brainiac and the curse of the crying women. Prepare yourself for treats, tricks, and the occasional fright. It's time again for Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. The night with Kenny Pig. Pretty scary shit. Welcome back to uh, the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Turn Up Tonight with Kenny Pig, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. And of course, welcome back to Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. That opening was shart inducing. It was. It certainly was. It and, was. Uh, yes. You know, and I really hope uh, Melania packs some extra depends for uh, Fat Donnie for his trip to Asia because I don't think they make him in his size over there because he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So. And, of course, uh, rain is off tonight, uh, but uh, uh, joining in from Port St. Lucie, Florida, uh, Michelle and Miles Lagan, welcome back. Yes. Hello, hello. hello. And uh, I just didn't want to keep him waiting, so we're going to get uh, Mr. Mueller on and see what the heck he's uh, been up to of late. Pete, are you there, my friend? Who calls me now? Um, <laughs> is your refrigerator running? Yes. You better let yes, him out is. before he suffocates. Yes, flat feet. Oh. <laughs> does, it, does, it have bone, does it have bone spurs? 
It is bone spurs. Oh, okay. Well, Pete, here's, your, here's your jingle, my friend. Who the hell is that? I'm cartoonist and agent provocateur, P.S. Mueller. I thought I heard a stranger. To what do I owe the pleasure of your visit, my friend? The desire for escapism and kicks, which could affect the entire world. Well, naturally, we think it's wonderful. Uh, excuse me, please. P.S. I know you. I know you. Yeah. All right, Pete. Well, uh, how was your Halloween? Uh, we we hid in the dark. Oh, children! Yeah, as you, yeah, we we did. We 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 were unable to make plans for Halloween mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, oh various and sundry uh, things. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we turned out all the lights and and sat quietly in the family room and watched Stranger Things. Well, there oh, you go. We were just talking choice. a little bit about that. I don't know. I know. I, yeah, people are dumping. People are dumping all over it, and I actually sort of liked it. I, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. You know, it's its own thing. I, for sure. a, a very talented cast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, you see, what Michelle and I were doing uh, earlier uh, in the last segment is we were talking about some of our favorite movies, and we we picked out a few to discuss throughout the course of the show tonight. Well, and let them rip. Well, okay, all right. If you're up for that, but we first discussed uh, the oh, yeah. abomin- the abominable Doctor Fibes. That was Michelle's uh, all time favorite. Okay, and I picked uh, my all time favorite is Beyond the Black Rainbow from 2012. Which have mm. you have you seen it? No, I have not. You have uh, to watch it because if you like Stranger Things, there are very uh, very many similarities between this movie from 2012 and Stranger Things. Except Okay, so you're being specific about horror movies then, right? Yeah, we are yeah. being very specific about individual horror okay. films. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. uh in in uh but yeah, I think uh you know, uh, this is uh uh, you know, you you need to see Beyond the Black Rainbow, Pete, because I truly think you would you would love this movie. Um, I'm gonna reach over here and write it down. Yeah, so it's uh, it is it is is stellar. Um, now, uh, Michelle, uh, I, do you think we should uh, go ahead and lead in with your uh, 1987 pick? Uh, sure. Yeah, because this is. Uh, um, I, I think we should play the trailer because I think everybody will know what it is and then we'll discuss. Lots of folks like this one. Oh, yes. yeah. So here we go from 1987. Oh, no shit. I hit the wrong button. Hang on. It's going <laughs> to it's gonna, it's gonna open up uh, the wrong thing. There it is. Okay. Let me just close that and uh, play it. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. From the creator of Evil Dead comes Evil Dead 2.
rated R. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I will say this: the first Evil Dead uh, scared me uh, out of like two years of life. It was a uh, fun movie, yes. <laughs> because I saw it when I was real young, and of course Sam Raimi, just a genius, and the claymation in it was horrific. The the you know the the practical effects oh, were yeah. insane. The camera work. Mm-hmm. Oh God! How terrifying! You know, the, the, they they achieved some of that effect by by literally duct taping the camera to a two by four and running through the woods with it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. does not surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, now, Evil Dead Two. A lot of people have said uh, essentially it's it's almost kind of a remake of Evil Dead, a it higher is. budget remake. Yeah. Um, it's a comedy. Yeah. And oh, and, yeah. and don't don't get me started on the slapstick from Army of Darkness, which I love too. Uh, they're great movies. They're wonderful, yeah. but they're not real horror movies. But they're great movies. Well, yeah, when I you're actually, when, oh. when you're a kid, they're real horror movies. <laughs> when you're a little oh. kid, <laughs> so, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Michelle, go ahead. This was your pick. Well, I actually have I actually have the poster for Evil Dead too. And I do, I do love the entire trilogy, but Evil Dead Two, just to me, it refined it, and it just, it didn't go over the top. Army of Darkness went over the top, but oh, I yeah. still loved it. But Evil Dead Two was kind of like the middle ground. It was where the college movie from Evil Dead became mature. Yeah. And it upped the ante, and then Army of Darkness just went in a whole other way of just like crazy goofball stuff so i i enjoy all three of them but evil dead 2 is my favorite and you have I, to see it i have to agree yep yeah yeah i saw the first one i guess that came out what 83 82 or 83 my gosh you know it might have been like 79 no uh, it was it was it was preach. early 80s let me uh yeah. I, I will uh, I, I will do it. a goo goo church um, but, uh, yeah, Evil Dead came out in 81. 81. Okay. So 81. So I probably saw it in 82, which would have made me 11. So I, <laughs> so I saw Evil Dead when I was 11 and Susan, what Susan said, oh, in the other room. <laughs> and I actually, in, in, I, I love the movie though. I love the the original. I love two, and I love Army of Darkness. I don't own all of them, which yep. is kind of weird. Um, but mm-hmm. I do own the very. It has to be the very first DVD release of uh, Evil Dead because it's before they figured out like DVD cases, like the the clamshell. Because this is okay. in a, a lar- an oversized, transparent, almost like made out of what cassette tape boxes are made out of. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like you know, it's yeah. not it's not the same size as any DVD case I have. <laughs> no, you know? it was a different type of plastic too that would crack really easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, fortunately, yeah. I've not broken this uh, in the you know, oh God, Good. going on twenty years that I've uh, you know, like seventeen years that I've owned it, maybe maybe eighteen. I, I probably got it in ninety nine. I would think two thousand or ninety ninety nine or two thousand. I don't know. But that was like one of the very first movies ever bought on DVD, probably the first. And yeah, um, I've got the box set of all three of them. So. Do you have the Necronomicon one? Uh, that I don't know. I think it was just like the original. It wasn't the collector's box set. Yeah, I think I, I got just like the three. 
I, I think just maybe, uh, maybe just, I don't know what it is. One of them comes in, in a, like a Necronomicon replica, but apparently yeah, the no. material that it's made out of doesn't age well. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well human flesh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Need to tan that stuff. But yeah, so uh, uh, it, it, Joe, did you ever, did you ever see any of the Evil Dead movies? You know, no. <laughs> completely lost. Oh, they're a rat. Yeah, but like Miles, I'm not a big horror film fan. Yeah, I'm more of a sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like you know all the you know uh, Halloween movies and things. I missed them all. You know, my favorite. Usually, my favorite horror films are ones that have kind of a sci-fi bent. That's why uh, the Alien movies and um, the you know not all the Alien movies, but. Um, I do really enjoy the two recent ones, um, but uh, you know the original Alien and then Beyond the Black Rainbow it definitely has a sci-fi tinge to it, um, and uh, you know there are others. Well, that's why you like the yeah. Keep too. Yeah. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, the Keep. Sci-fi. The Keep. The thing. Um, you know, or or stuff that's like insane occult. I love insane occult stuff. So. Did you like? Yeah. Did you? I have too many favorites. I can't pick one. Mm. Yeah, I think the one that I don't and horror films don't bother me. I I don't scare that easily. But yeah. one that freaked me out was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, the the original, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my God, yes. That was pretty creepy. <laughs> yes, it was. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what particularly freaked me out about that was mm. it actually drew me into the movie, which I usually don't get drawn into movies like that but the there were scenes when she was drugged and being raped by the devil yeah i remember mm-hmm. that yeah that showed john kennedy and jackie kennedy on on, on sailing of Hyannisport. hold on a second i'll stop that okay <laughs> <laughs> and it was soon after the it wasn't that long after the assassinations and it was said around that time the movie was, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. That sort of just like almost brought me into the movie because uh, it was almost too real. Yeah. 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 I've never. I. I'll be honest. I've never seen it all the way through. Um, oh, you <clears throat> should. Yeah. I. 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 I do really like the Omen. Uh, the Omen was a good oh, yes. one. Oh um, but, uh, but Pete, was that, wh- wh- I think we found hmm. out something about that phone call you just got. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. Just get out of that house, Pete. So, get out uh, of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, go, go ahead, Michelle. I just, I, I think I, 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 I stayed away from some of the ones that had the sci-fi bent to them because mm-hmm. I knew you are more of a sci-fi person. So. Yeah, yeah. I do yep. have another one. A more uh, well, actually, from 2002, I got a movie here. I don't know if anybody has seen it, um, but in this is almost kind of unfair because I watched this movie sight unseen, and maybe I won't play the trailer. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll get everybody's uh, uh, thing here. The movie is called May. Has anybody seen the movie May from 2002? No, I don't no. believe so. 
Okay. Well, May is the name of the lead character, um, and she's a kind of a maybe early twenties uh, girl who's kind of an outcast. All right, and it starts off um, very plucky, like a very indie kind of you know wacky, you know twenty something you know ugly duckling girl kind of movie that you know she takes her glasses off and she's hot kind of thing you know that kind of sh- thing and then when you get to by the time you get to the second act that shit's all out the window <laughs> it is and it just goes off the fucking rails <laughs> and it and it basically, if I play everybody the trailer, you see, the, the, this is the thing. If I play you the trailer, you'll know how it goes off the rails. I never saw the trailer before I watched the movie. Susan just got it, and I'm watching it, and I was like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> so because it, it has a, a very major tonal shift in it, if you know what I mean. And it is creepy. And it doesn't have a sci-fi bench to it, by the way. Um, so, w- would you guys like me to play you the trailer? It's gonna, it, it'll spoil what the, what the, what. Uh, you won't have the same experience I had, but you'll, you would still definitely enjoy the film. I don't know. It's up to you guys. What do you say? It's good. Uh, trailer, trailer will be fine for me. Uh, what do you say, Pete? Um, either way. All right, I'll just do yeah. it. I'll just do it. So, did you want to say something about May, Susan? Because you came in. Sometimes you gotta make your own friends. Sometimes you gotta make your own friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, here, here, here we go. May from two thousand two. This is the trailer. You know how when you meet someone and you think you like them, but then the more you talk to them, you see parts you don't like. Everyone always thought May was different. Jesus, what are you doing? Relaxing. Doesn't it hurt? Ow! You crazy bitch! But really, she was just misunderstood. I need a real friend. Someone I can hold. Don't be mad. Then, one day, May met Adam. Hello? The boy I saw today is different. So what do you do, May? I work at the animal hospital. When I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. can't sew it back on, can you? I could. Some people think it's kind of gross. I love gross. Really? And she thought he liked her just the way she was. Oh, God. I'm bleeding. Hey, this is weird. You like weird. Not that weird. But May's new friend turned out to be just like everyone else. I'm sorry things didn't work out because it just didn't feel right. So many pretty parts, no pretty holes. So May decided to make a friend of her own. I need more parts. You have a beautiful neck. I love your tattoo. Can I get a few more measurements? I love your hands. You have really beautiful legs. You're gonna look perfect. go so i just typed. i've never i've never even heard of this movie oh, oh it, it's, it's spectacular 
it, it, it sounds it, good. It, yeah, Susan. Susan's watched it many, many times. So, um, and uh, I will post the link. Every and it's uh, people are asking how it's spelled. It's just like the month of May. M A Y. Yeah. Uh, and I mm-hmm. will post the link in the chat for you. But yeah, it's uh, it's something. <laughs> but um, I'll bet my spouse has seen Aliens forty times. Yeah, she she likes the second one best. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and uh, you know, she's uh, yeah. There's no other way to describe it. She's very fond of that movie. Well, yeah, um, I that movie's on. I have trouble not watching it. Yeah, I I, yeah. I worked at a theater when it was being run, mm-hmm. and I would we would we would run it again at night before everybody went home. So I saw it more. <laughs> Too many times to count. You are a lucky woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Game I, over, I, man. It's game over. I'm, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, right there with her. You know, it's it's one of those movies where if you're tuning around and there it is, it doesn't matter what where the movie is. It's like raising Arizona. If yep. it's on, there you are. You're, yep. you're, you know, you're a done deal. I will yeah. say this. I will say this about the movie. I really, really enjoy the first act of the movie. Mm-hmm. But and call me call me a bugaboo, but I don't like the concept of the alien queen in that movie in the way it's executed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't have a problem with the overall concept, but it just seemed a little. Um, Picky, picky, a little picky. too final boss, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's I probably, you know, it, it's just you know one of those movies, though. It's, yeah, you know. I mean, I, uh, uh, I, I, you know, we both probably seen uh, John Carpenter's The Thing thirty or forty times. We love yep. that oh, movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, that one, I like that movie. Yeah, you you gotta love that movie because I mean it's not, you know, it's it's it it sticks to basics, but it's not overly formulaic. It's Wilfred Brimley doing the full Brimley <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> yeah, don't let yeah. diabetes beat be <laughs> diabetes you. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the one uh, we're looking for that we're having trouble finding is an Australian film called Quiet Sun, which is a great movie. Interesting. And I don't think I've, I haven't seen it in about 20, 25 years or so. Uh, I'll give a, a, a great quick one. a quick honorable mention before we uh, before we head to the break. Um, the movie yeah. I just watched uh, the other day. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say the other day, but uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, the boy. Oh, which one? Uh, it wasn't that called the boy. The the, the it was uh, the newest about, one, right? Yeah, the newest one was it. Well, was that a remake? I I know I I've seen two movies called the boy, but the one I'm thinking about is the newest one. It's about the kid at the hotel. Oh, uh, let me see. Maybe maybe that's not the one. Uh, the uh, no, it's a 2016 film. Chinese American psychological horror film. No, that's not the one. Maybe I'm thinking it, this one is about. Oh, oh. man, it, this one. Okay, An American maybe I've got the shocked that her New English family's uh, boy is actually a life-size doll. Yes, that one. 
When what year yeah, did that, that come out? I want to see that one. I have not seen it yet. No, yeah, I'm going to write that one down too. Yeah, the boy, yeah. It, it's it's pretty good. It, it, you know, it's it's got some, uh, you know, um, because I just I'm getting the Chinese uh, Chinese America. Is it the Chinese American one? Uh, uh, well, there's two movies. You know, um, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, of, here it is. I just didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I just didn't realize it was a uh, it was a Japanese uh, American. I'm sorry, Chinese American psychological horror film. Uh, well, there's two separate movies by that title. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know Schrodinger's cat. You know? Well, I'm I'm looking <laughs> at I'm just looking at the 2016 film on Wikipedia, and it says it's. Yeah, okay. See, I, have, I don't know. I have one on Wiki, uh, which is the Chinese American psychological horror film, and I have one on ID, IMDb. Well, an American nanny is shocked. Okay. okay, and then there's also the 2015 The Boy, which is the one about the kid at the hotel. So there's ah, yeah. several of them. 20, yeah. 2016, uh, previously known as The okay. Inhabitant. Um, okay. And uh-huh. uh, it, it actually this this it is a this film itself is a uh, it's a co-production between uh, Chinese and American uh, production companies. It says it was uh, uh, Huayi Brothers Pictures and Vertigo Entertainment mm-hmm. were, and Lakeshore. So I don't, I'm sure I butchered the name of the Chinese company though. Yeah. The one, the one about the boy at the hotel is really freaky. So that's something entirely hmm. different. <laughs> Yeah, this one, this one's good. Uh, you, you, and uh, didn't you have an honorable mention, Michelle, before we go to the break? Yeah, my my honorable mention was Waxworks with David Warner. There are two of them. There's Waxworks and Waxworks Two. Waxworks, Waxworks is more fun. Mm-hmm. The Waxworks Two, they t- decided to go way too campy with it. Okay. But, mm-hmm. And they and they didn't have David Warner because he got killed in Waxworks One. So. <laughs> oh, blast. David Warner was great. Have you ever seen yeah. Morgan? Morgan, Morgan no. sounds familiar. I've seen a lot of the stuff he's been in, but my, my, yeah. But this oh. is basically, it's basically about a, a satanic waxwork, waxwork, where they're trying to bring the inhabitants of the waxworks to life. So you have like the mummy, the Dracula, the you know, and they they have like different um, enclosures. So they're mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, sacrifice to each one of them to bring them into the world. It's really a fun, creepy movie. Oh, thank nah. you, thank you to uh, uh, who shared that. Um, Jay Colley shared Diabetes Cat. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh no. Uh, and also, um, oh yeah, Miles. I've desperately been trying to find a copy of um, the Manitou, and I can't find <laughs> one. I found I found I found a really really bad like zoomed in edited crappy copy on on YouTube that I just won't watch mm. just because it's it's atrocious because it has all these like dots overlaying the the screen uh. it's it's really it's really weird so um, anyway well I'll tell you what we're gonna go ahead and um, hit the break. And when we come back, uh, we might might possibly talk some politics, but I don't know. We might talk a couple more movies because we're not going to have a lot more time to talk about movies. 
Um, uh, maybe we'll talk uh, one, one or two quick stories uh, before the end of the show because. Uh, oh yeah, we got to find out um, uh, status update on uh, Adolf Hitler. Everybody apparently he's still alive at the ripe age, Uh-oh. ripe old age of 124 or something like that. <laughs> 128. Wow. So yeah, yeah. breaking yes. news. Breaking news. He, um, he's probably impersonating a wallet or something. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, yeah, that's true factual news from uh, Infowars. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that and maybe a couple other things. But it's kind of nice uh, taking a little bit of a break from this because, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things uh, that are going to be coming down the pike in the next few weeks. And uh, horror is creeping up on yeah. Jeff sessions oh i know i know so poor little <laughs> gremlin so uh yeah. <laughs> anyway uh somebody somebody fed him after midnight so uh anyway let's go ahead and you know, uh, he has flippers uh yeah i hear he has a, huh? a vestigial beak as well so anyway we got to go to the break <laughs> well we're gonna listen to uh give one final hurrah of the season on uh oh no actually i'm gonna play you uh, the chili billy song on on this break i used to watch chiller theater uh, uh from channel 11 out of pittsburgh and bill cardill who was the newscaster in the original uh night of the living dead he was the host of chiller theater um and um I have his song coming up, everybody. So that'll be fun. You'll experience this, but it's not the opening of the of the show. But it was he recorded it as a novelty item that they would play from time to time uh, on the airwaves. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, hit the break. We'll be right back with lots more. Turn up the night right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. It really makes you feel good. Says who? America. Every Tuesday and Friday. From 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. Watch out, watch out. It could 
all treats and no tricks on Indie Media Weekly. Happy Halloween! At the full of the moon, when the night is dark, make a wide path around the unholy grounds of the night, people. IndieMediaWeekly.com Andras, Grand Marquis of Hell, provoker of discords, and upon Ronwe, demon of forbidden knowledge, and upon Behemoth, archdevil of the Black Deluxe, I call upon Asmodeus, the destroyer, and Astaroth, friend of all the great lords of Hades, I call upon the many names of Prince Satan, Beelzebub, and Lucifer. I demand an audience with his satanic majesty! Can you pick on Turn Up the Night? That was really scary. Totally scary and satanic. Welcome back to uh, <laughs> Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, the Franksgiving Eve edition. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, joining us, as always, on the program, uh, Mr. Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Welcome back, sir. Hi. I have John Carpenter's leather coat. Oh, that's right. Now, that is cool. Yes. That is. Does it breathe? <laughs> no, but <laughs> as you know, my friend Bob worked on that film. And, uh, oh, I being didn't know a, that. Yeah, being a California. Yeah, the dogs, uh, the dog running in the beginning of the film, you know, with the helicopter mm-hmm. thing, wouldn't do that. And uh, they had to get Bob up there and uh, get all the dogs to do what they're supposed to do. And uh, the boy is a California boy, and he went to Alaska to film uh, the thing uh, without any coat. Oh. And there they were on the top of this iceberg filming, and uh, Bob was freezing, and John Carpenter gave him a leather coat, and he kept it. (laughs) Yeah. I would, too. And I wear it from time to time just to do it. As Uh, you should. There you go. Uh, very cool. It, yeah, that's the we uh, uh, Bob Weatherwax was part of our Halloween special last year, where he uh, regaled yes, us with uh, some stories about uh, his experience working with John Carpenter and um, uh, oh, uh, what, what's uh, the guy who uh, the the big dude he worked with, um, Richard Keel. Oh, Richard Keel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Really yeah. cool stories about Richard did. Keel. Did, did a Lassie movie with him. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that, that's, of course, is on the SoundCloud archives. Just go back to October of last year and you can get that. Interviews with Deborah Reed and Perry Morris, all kinds of good stuff. And, uh, of course, P.S. Mueller from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, welcome back, sir. Hello. Oof. And, uh, <laughs> you know, John Carpenter, you know. Um, you know, I have a hard time picking my favorite movie because I think, you know, and this is going to be a real tragedy when they do it, um, because it's perfect as it is, the movie They Live. Oh, yes. I mean, that is a good movie. Someone will remake it and destroy it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, and, it's actually uh, saved. Uh, hmm? It's actually it's actually saved on my DVR because we want our niece to watch it sometime. Yeah, and 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 her niece 
and yes. uh, yeah, uh, it's a it's a lovely movie, uh, <laughs> you know, particularly that that unbelievable fight scene that just goes on mm. and on and on. it's special. And uh, all yes, right, but- so and of course, welcome back, Michelle Lagan in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Hey, and all I can say is that either, even though Rowdy Roddy Piper is not the greatest actor in the world, mm-hmm. the movie was still wonderful. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And uh, in my youth, people used to tell me I looked like him. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't as muscular, though. No way, no how. And, of course, uh, Miles Lagan in Port St. Lucie, Florida from Mike Check Radio. Welcome back. Hello? Hello? I know you're there. Yes, Very hello. Good. No, I'm here. I'm here. I just like saying hello as a question. All right. Very good. And uh, yes, and of course, uh, Theo is going to be on reverse Colin with us. I'm not sure if he saw my message. What? I did send him a Facebook message earlier about this, but he was wondering. And I'm sorry, Kat. I didn't make, send you birthday greetings. Happy birthday. We'll give you the birthday boner here momentarily. Do we have any other birthdays out there uh, that need to be celebrated? It's been a, a touch busy of a week for me. And I apologize if I've been uh, slacking. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe Francie said she had one. Um, yeah, Francie. she said something. Yeah. Remind us again. Look but anyway, let's, uh, there. let's get to, uh, to name calling. Uh, Michelle, would you like to do name calling tonight? I can try. All right. So let's go ahead and, uh. We will uh, uh, jingle fire here momentarily. We'll just do this. All here. right, let's get straight to the biscuits. All right, there we are. We're in business. All right, we shall try this. Of course, um, the first person that shows on my list is Francie. But of course, Francie is the best person in the world. So, hey, <laughs> we love She's her up to there. death. Yep. You know, Francie um, has everything. Yes. There's nothing she, she's missing. Nope, she's bubbly and she's happy. We love yeah. her to death. Yep. Next person is Jay Colling, who is, is a sweetheart as well. We have Kat. Of course, happy birthday, Kat. Happy, happy, happy. Many joyous earmarks. And then we have Kenny Pick. Yay, Kenny. Hi. Then we have Ken Sr. Hello, Dad. Living in Long Island. Marnus. Hi, Joe. Hi. <laughs> you got meow goodness. I would say myself, but that'd be kind of trite. So we got Miles from South Florida. I know that guy. Hey, darling. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> got Aww. Moon Mare. Peter from uh, San Francisco, I guess San, that's right. San Francisco yeah. Pete. Yep. San Francisco Pete is what we call him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got President Theo and Tim Cormall. And I know Adam was here earlier and maybe a few others I have missed. I hope he's not listening during Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Turn off your phone, Hebert. (laughs) Yes. Enjoy the damn movie. Be considerate of your neighbors. Uh, So, 
Uh, all right, very good. Well, we definitely have a big birthday here. Our good friend Kat. Uh, it is uh, it, it is her birthday. Uh, here she just turned twenty one. So uh, hopefully yeah. that hopefully that comment makes up for me not posting on her Facebook page. Uh, and uh, and for uh, Francie, her pal Carol, godmother of their uh, daughter Shani, on November fifth. It's her birthday. Now you're confusing so. me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I read it again? No, just okay. Happy birthday! Just you know, banner everybody. Mass, <laughs> All right, mass banner. <laughs> well, it's it, it, it can be it can yeah. be a birthday boner because this isn't you know there, there's no family. Well, Godmother is kind of a family member, but eh, whatever. Well, cats, cats family. Yeah. Well, well, no, no. What I'm saying is, if if okay. somebody asks for a birthday boner for the parent or something like that, we're usually like, okay. well, it's a birthday boner for family, you know. So, but if it, okay. <laughs> so that's that that's our criteria there. So anyway, so for for uh, Cat and Carol, happy birthday. This is your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. There you go. Happy birthday and this. Thank you. Thank you, all dear friends, for coming to my birthday. All right. Have a great now we birthday should all go over weekend. To Kat's yeah. Facebook page and say happy birthday. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, yeah. I already did yesterday. Sorry. See? <laughs> okay, we already, you and I already got chastised in the chat over this, Joe. So, did we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, we did. <laughs> well, I'm saying We're, happy birthday to Cat on her Facebook page right now. There you do. There you go. Do it. Uh, so, uh, but anywho, uh, yes, yeah, so happy happy birthday, Cat. Hey, and if you want to make a trip down to Cleveland tomorrow, come to Thanksgiving. Seriously, if you want to, I'll shoot your address, and you're more than welcome. It's going to be a pretty fun crowd. Oh. So, I'm jealous now. Hey, you know, uh, I'll I'll make it happen. Well, you know, now that I, I've set this, uh, this tradition is going to be set in stone. Thanksgiving. I love this holiday. I'm so glad I invented my own holiday. Yeah, because it's like see, Festivus yeah. for Halloween. Well, you see, yeah. and the yeah. the thing is, what it is is it's the it's Thanksgiving uh, because I'm going to be a mad scientist in the kitchen and try and perfect my meal for thanksgiving i'm gonna try a few mm. wacky things that i wouldn't normally try and end up screwing up thanksgiving so although there are quite a few novelty things i'm doing that i wouldn't repeat at thanksgiving like purple potatoes with green gravy uh so <laughs> you know although purple mashed potatoes are quite stunning that's a way to that you know. That's a way if you really want to dress up your Thanksgiving plate and get rid of all those tan items that you normally have, the the tan or <laughs> off tan, or tan tan whatever, dark tan, yeah. light tan, uh, purple potatoes. But you got to keep the flies. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, anywho, uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, do reverse call in. Uh, and get our good friend Theo on to talk about, uh, uh, well, we're going to talk about when Orson Welles did War of the Worlds, but something else uh, occurred, uh, that uh, another type of panic, not 
a fear of Martians, but something else. All right. Are you there, Theo? Hi, Kenny. Right here. Excellent. Welcome to the show. Say hi to the rest of the gang. Hi, everybody. Hi, Michelle. Hi, uh, Pete. Hello. Who else is there? Joe and Miles. Hello. It's just Joe and Miles. And hang on a moment. I have to get rid of a funky echo. And I will warn everyone that it may come to pass at some point where I may have to disappear for about two minutes. You do what you got to do, brother. Yeah, no, I, no, you know, no taking a medication that can that can occasionally like bring on a sudden case of hiccups. Oh, okay. And so you, you wouldn't want me around. I'll run off and drink water. I thought you were going to say it brought up a, an unfortunate case of the sharks. <laughs> no. Okay, good. So, all right, did you get rid of your echo there, uh, Theo? Um, for the most part. Yeah, I think we're ready to go. Okay, you're good. So, yeah, it, it's just uh, Joe and Miles are the other uh, folks here, just so you know. Good evening, Joe. Hi, Miles. Hi. hi. So, uh, we, we are going to talk about what happened uh, a little over 79 years ago to the date. After uh, the War of the Worlds, the uh, Mercury Radio Theater, of course, Orson Welles being part of that, scared the bejesus out of a lot of, a lot of Americans with a very realistic um, fake news broadcast. <laughs> uh, that uh, yeah, it's <laughs> ironic that this comes up in this year of you know the the Dolt Forty Five regime. I refuse to call him the president. Uh, yeah, um, I'm down with that. Yeah, I just call him President Rape. Uh, wow. I don't want to acknowledge the president part, even in a snotty yeah. way. Yeah. I just can't. I understand that. that. I completely understand that. You know, but, and, but anyway, uh, uh, this uh, let, fine consideration is noted, sir. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get let's get to Theo's uh, story here because this is this is pretty awesome stuff. Well, one thing that came up. And within the last few years uh, in Washington state media was that there was the sort of historic story of one town in the Cascade Mountains, Concrete, Washington, which there were two cement plants there. So what else were they going to name the place? <laughs> um, and they had a history first of working on construction projects and that kind of thing because of what they produced, mm -hmm. but also there was a history of, um, how shall we say, home brewing back up in the hills. And on the night of the broadcast, um, some of those folks took to the woods for reasons having nothing to do with hypothetical Martians. Um, the night that it happened, there were two different electric storms in the area, and that was causing AM radio reception just to be total crap. War of the Worlds was carried on two different stations, CBS affiliates from the, the Puget Sound area. But the people up there were hearing it intermittently through all the lightning, you know, crackle bursts, all that mm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the broadcast, and a lot of them, of course, had done the thing of, of you know, being bored initially and listening to uh, the Jason Sanborn Hour on NBC. And once that got boring, because it was Charlie McCarthy and Edgar Bergen, 
Yes. And once the comedy stopped, they tuned into something else, and they happened to catch on this nice music. They basically missed Orson Welles' intro. Uh Uh-oh. And my dad knew people who did that. Uh, He actually heard the broadcast, and he had listened to it from the beginning because my dear blue-collar dad was an Orson Welles fan. Who knew? Mm -hmm. But anyway, Mm -hmm. on the night of the broadcast, these people are hearing this panicky series of reports, very well staged, um, hearing it in bits and pieces, and all of a sudden, (laughs) the town's power plant goes out. So the whole town, which is way back up in the mountains, uh, is dark. And a few people had, you know, car radios, and they went out and tracked this down because they thought, you know, what the hell is going on? Are we being invaded by, you know, Germans in airships or mm-hmm. something like that? It was only six weeks after the Munich crisis, so there was a certain nervous you, undertone. People were and jumpy. They were, seriously. Yeah. And Orson Welles capitalized on that brilliantly. But as the evening wore on, the people who were, shall we say, homebrewers were sort of sort of small vintners on their own scale, uh, which is to say they were moonshiners. They realized, yeah. first, the broadcast is fiction. But second of all, with the power out, this is a perfect time for the feds or the revenuers to come barreling up the mountain and bust up the stills. Um, and the telephone system was out because of the power failure, and the party line usually was their early warning system. Somebody down the mountain would let everybody know if, uh, you know, there was a, there was a stream of grim-looking cars with feds in them headed that mm-hmm. way. So the folks of Concrete were those with a financial interest in the the uh, you know the mason jar brewing industry, as it were. <laughs> They grabbed their shotguns and headed for the woods. Nothing to do with Martians, nothing to do with the panic. It was uh, enlightened self-interest. And they just sort of stayed up there till the the whole thing blew over. Okay. Uh, I that. But the myth that's come out of that is that there were were these hillbillies up in Washington State who were were out in the woods with their guns and they were terrified of, of, you know, Martian machines coming, you know, busting Mm -hmm. up trees and Mm-hmm. to the countryside that was not the story i i was, heard they were just i heard they were pissed off because they wanted to hear the full ramon raquello broadcast <laughs> so. um no, that I'm, makes sense <laughs> that one or two percent irritated on those grounds okay i'm sorry uh, go ahead no i i love that story i think that's amazing yeah, and it only really came to light with reasonably good uh, uh, authentication in the last few years. Because, of course, every year that you know ends with eight, the mm-hmm. media is going to start sniffing around every October and find survivors who actually remember the broadcast or who have good stories whether they can remember it or not. Um, and... So the mythology keeps growing. It's a weird thing. It's it's the history is actually kind of plastic. Yeah, but what's amazing what? about yeah, what's amazing about that though is if you can record these stories now, they're going to be kept. We could have lost those forever. I know it's fortunate um, because it it changes our view of the people and the time and 
you know, what was actually going on with them. They were not unsophisticated people. Um, and they didn't particularly respond for the reasons that, you know, the, the, the easy, quick read on the situation would have had them do. Mm-hmm. Right. What galls me today is that that uh, Orson Welles and his his you know infamous production are seen as the first example of fake news. Uh, actually, within about within the first twenty four hours, nobody knew whether to regard them as heroes or villains after what they'd done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then. Dorothy Kilgallen. Anybody remember her name? Uh, she was a very sure, sure. talented yeah. reporter. Oh, yes. And she was involved in the Kennedy assassination. She died yeah. under mysterious circumstances. Yes, the Kennedy, uh, some of the Kennedy uh, conspiracy theories. she was theories. A, regular, uh, a regular contestant on What's My Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the time of, of uh, the Wells broadcast, she was a leading columnist in New York. Yeah. And she came out with a very well-reasoned um, editorial piece pointing out just how prone the public might be to panic in times of war or national emergency. Um, and it was ended. It ended up being taken to heart by the by the FCC and by the nascent Office of War Information. Once we actually started heading toward war, um, the Princeton University study on the panic was one of the things that that informed opinions of how the press should deal with, you know, breaking news or incomplete news or partial news that was coming in. Um, mm-hmm. And if you listen to recordings from the time, which I have, of, of you know, like hot news coming in, yeah, everybody's being very careful, very circumspect. They're documenting everything. It is so utterly unlike what we're hearing today. Well, and... Um, and- I, I want to just chime in here real quick about uh, you know because I I, I I did make the joke about it being fake news, but the what this was was one of the most brilliant adaptations of of a novel for the the um, venue uh, not venue but for the the um, oh, what do you, what do you call it for oh, the for the new medium for yeah for the medium mm-hmm. thank you for 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 that oh, medium yeah because if you look at it. I mean, what if what if you picked up a handwritten copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula, and you read it? Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, vampires! You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, if it just dropped in your lap, that'd be the new Bible for you because it looks like oh. it was written by somebody who witnessed it, right? Um, yeah. So, so basically, th- this was just you know, th- it was cutting edge. It was ahead of its time, maybe. Orson Welles was a little bit of a, 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 a you know. He he was a feisty individual at the very least, you know. He I, I think he, he, he probably ego. knew he probably knew that he yeah. he probably had a conversation with several people and says, "And what if someone tunes in after we've given the the introduction?" <laughs> um, what would happen? Well, as it happens, <laughs> several other other countries, like the BBC and I believe in France, they had done. I think there was also one in Australia. There were broadcasts that had simulated news uh, broadcasts being interrupted mm-hmm. by emergencies and with with staged live reportage. And that yeah. appears to be what was informing his thinking. Um, oh, okay. 
but there were also a lot of dead giveaways in that script. I've read the script repeatedly. Oh, there were. Uh, yeah. Howard, Howard Koch, who wrote it, the the screen the radio play, uh, put out a book called um, The Panic Broadcast in 1970. It was a bestseller. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Theo. Uh, you're cool to stick yeah. around for a little bit longer, right? Because we're at the top of the hour. I, I, I'll, I'll give you a good, you know, ten or fifteen minutes to wrap this up. Yeah, while, please when we come do. Back. Yes. So I will mute. But yeah, so let, well, let's go ahead. Uh, stick tight. Uh, hang tight with us. That'll give me uh, buy me a little bit of time to fill in some Mad Libs too, whilst you finish up. But everybody. We're going to hold that thought. We're going to come back and uh, let Theo regale us with a little bit more information about the, the the ins and outs. We always listen to War of the Worlds every year, but we don't really ever have a chance to talk about it and all the other stuff yeah. that happened at the time. So this is fascinating. Wells was 23 when he did this. Oh. Yeah, and I... And I've listened to the live broadcast, yeah. and it's amazing they really yeah. Foley and all that. So yeah. it's it's pretty creepy. I all was right. pretty stoned when I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and uh, hit the break, and uh, we'll be right back with more information from our extended reverse call-in with Theo. So hang tight. We'll be right back after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Occasionally, I get a jerk like you here, so thank you. KennyPick.com. Haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. Night of the living dead. adventure in fear, an experience in shock more shattering than your strangest nightmare, night of the living dead, a night with the dead who cannot die, a night of total terror. Night. Of the living dead. Now, living flesh and blood terror. Blood spilling, bone chilling, towering terrors in one twin thrill show. The crawling thing. As clutching terror reaches toward you, the scream you hear will be your own. It's too awesome to describe, too terrifying to escape, too powerful to stop. 
the crawling thing. Plus, from another world, the creature of evil. Half man, half monster, but all horror. Feel your throat grow tight with terror. Watch. Listen. Shudder. Die. The creature of evil. Can you stand to see the most gruesome twosome ever made? The Crawling Thing and the Creature of Evil. Produced in Hollywood by Maniacs. <laughs> I told you not to go out tonight. You are about to face the screen's most horrifying challenge. I see something. Now let's get out of here. Somebody out there. You're about to face... Katie Pick. Tonight won't be like other nights. Tonight, terror is waiting. Something's out there, vicious, without pity, turning the air thick with fear. A madman's out there, a step too quick, dangerously strong, and your blood will stain the dark streets. You are about to experience horror more real than anything you could ever imagine. I told you not to go out tonight. You're about to experience... Can you pick on Turn Up the Night? not really a maniac i just play one on the radio welcome back to turn up the night with kenny pick broadcasting live on indiemediaweekly.com worldwide this special Thanksgiving eve edition and of course uh, joining me as always on the program p.s mueller out of madison wisconsin welcome back sir hi everybody hey and uh hey. <laughs> joe santorsis grant pennsylvania the electric city welcome back buddy I'm not a real maniac, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. Oh, see, living dangerously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Michelle Lagon, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM, also heard on Mike Check Radio every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Welcome back. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's a lot of fun. Excellent. And your partner in crime, Miles, the Galaxy Master, also heard on Mike Check Radio every Saturday. Yes, uh, I know. Uh, and I'm the already Galaxy Master. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I'm reprimanding myself already after Michelle said I love you. I should have responded, I know. Oh, <laughs> see? There you go. Okay. How how fast can you do the Kessel run? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not fast enough. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, last but most certainly not least, our extended reverse caller, my buddy Theo. Uh, of course, uh, you are in, uh, are, are you in, wait, are, are you in Portland? Yeah, actually just south of Portland. Okay. I, I see. I always we're want... moving to Portland. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yes. So yes. Theo, Portland, yeah. Oregon. Welcome back. Hello, Portland, Oregon. Hello. Uh, yeah. So, uh, pick up where you left off. We, we, you were telling us about, well, you started off t- telling us about the moonshiners that, uh, freaked up, freaked out about the feds uh, after the War of the Worlds broadcast and the electrical storms that ensued, and then uh, we started to get into a little bit of the the history of the actual production. And you were talking about a, a script breakdown of the War of the Worlds nineteen thirty eight broadcast. Yes, actually, if you read that script and listen to the broadcast, there are some dead giveaways that are built into it, which Orson and Howard Koch and the cast kind of fudged their way around. Orson okay. also 
had been assigned a censor by, well, he was a standards and practices guy. He was a young Jesuit priest named Davison Taylor. And Orson deliberately buddied up to and buttered up and charmed Dave Taylor, who was not too worldly. So he became sort of one of the gang going along on this this merry prank. And Dave Taylor let a few things slide that he shouldn't have. I don't know how long he had the job with, with Columbia Network after that. Um, but Orson was very good at that kind of thing. Uh, he, he could sort of make up to people and soften them up, uh, which I think is a talent that came up came in handy later when he was he was you know making one movie to finance another one. Uh, but for the broadcast, it stood him well. Mm-hmm. Of course, CBS immediately you know got descended on by the FCC and the the uh, Department of Commerce and uh, some law enforcement agencies, and you know it things got restructured so that they could not do that again. Um, or could not do it in that way. And that stayed true for a very long time until, well, until the FCC essentially got gutted, um, such as it is today. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Um, and, oh dear, part of what, what basically you know, caused the feds to look at it and say, we really need to you know, make sure this kind of thing can't, can't happen as, as readily was a Princeton University study which uh, Professor Hadley Cantrill wrote and contributed to. Um, in fact, he ended up writing a book called Invasion from Mars. And he calculated that about 6 million people heard the broadcast. And in the last few years, uh, BuzzFeed.com has gone back, revisited his methodology and they said we don't think nearly that many people heard it originally um and his calculations were you know what you might expect someone to do for 1938 they were they're just the information base to do something like that wasn't wasn't there so there was a lot of by guess and by gosh in his work okay um yeah you would have to um but in today's media, I mean, a daily press conference. Oh, for God's sake! In a in today's media, I mean, Sarah Huckabee, what's her fern? Every yeah. day sounds like she's talking complete claptrap, and you're thinking, you know, come on, where are standards and practices? Oh, that's right, she's White House press secretary. They don't have mm-hmm. any. The Ministry of um, Prop- the Ministry of Information has no standards. No. Um, yeah. And actually, the, the, the cautions that we put into place in this country uh, during World War II, which partly came out of, you know, Cantrell's uh, study about the broadcast, Germany and their Ministry of Propaganda and their radio propaganda techniques, they were under no such constraints. So during things like the Battle of Stalingrad, um, to try to, you know, keep the German public from from becoming too anxious over the fact that things were not going well on the Russian front, they staged a broadcast supposedly from uh, the German encampment at Stalingrad, where German soldiers were were holding up and singing around the campfire and were 
we're brave in the face of the Russian winter and the, the Russians and, you know, we're going to pull this out of the bag. And it all sounded fine and it was received beautifully on German radio, but it was faked in a Berlin studio. And when Stalingrad actually collapsed, um, the German Ministry of Propaganda, well, German state radio, had to actually come forth and admit what had happened and what had been done. Uh, and they actually did it with a certain measure of dignity. But it was one of the things that hit the German public with the realization, hey, if we've been lied to about that, where mm -hmm. else are we being lied to? That's one thing Hitler miscalculated on, because once one lie is overturned, everything else you've said goes down like a row of dominoes. And it began the process of, of a German nation that would no longer believe him or trust him. They went along because they were at gunpoint. Well, yeah, uh, and you know, uh, a certain percentage of the population was composed of good Germans. Yeah, I know. Some of them uh, were my family. Yeah. Uh, the German family that I knew managed to get out uh, not long before the war. Um, mm -hmm. the, my cousin's dad, who was an engineer and had a family manufacturing firm, uh, he was sort of invited along to this quiet backroom dinner by people from the Ministry of Production. And uh, they, after the, you know, brandy and cigars, let everybody know, uh, we're going to start rebuilding our military and we're talking about, you know, remilitarizing the Rhineland and going from there. We want to see what we can do to rebuild the German state. And he, having maybe had a little too much cognac, said, well, wait a minute. Uh, we're talking about blowing off the Versailles Treaty and war reparations and everything that we're under. You know, uh, you can either mm -hmm. have us at war with Europe or in every bankruptcy court in Europe, but it's going to be one way or another. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you, how are you rationalizing this? And somebody gave him one of these sort of, oh, oh hey, hey, no, 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 it's all fine. Answers and basically the next day, Gestapo agents started inquiring of him at the factory and of family friends. They tipped him off, and he and his wife and my cousins Annie and Gretchen um, took what cash they had, and they uh, took a sudden, I think, unseasonal skiing trip to France. Good idea. And from nice. there, they went to England and ultimately this country. But mm -hmm. they just barely got out. If they had been Jews, they would never have found sanctuary in this country, which that's... Another. Yeah, we had a quota. <laughs> yeah, system. another story. Yep. A very, very nasty yeah. story. I have a third cousin yep. uh, who was born and raised in Mexico City because her parents were blown out of Holland during the war. And when they arrived in Mexico, well, they couldn't get in here. Uh, Mexico mm -hmm. took them. Uh, and they were so ashamed of what was being done in the name, uh, tangentially, of their culture, that they quit their own language. Uh, and she grew up speaking English and Spanish. Yeah. They quit well, their my own language. Mm -hmm. Who the hell does that? You know? Well, <laughs> Miles' mother has a story about leaving after 
the occupation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she ended up in uh, 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 Bogota, Colombia, Miles. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. From from yeah. what I understand, uh, the family uh, I I did not know this until recently, but my family I think originated in Germany. My grandfather fled to Bud- uh, Hungary, Budapest, Hungary. That's where my mother was born. And then before the communists took hold of uh, Hungary, they fled to Bogota, Colombia. And yeah. then, uh, you know, they, they lived there for a while and then they eventually immigrated to the United States. And mm-hmm. you know, my dad walked across the street because he, he just got home from the military and found out, oh, there's some good looking girls across the street. Why don't you go see if there are any of them are available? My mom opened <laughs> the front door. There you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a cool story. Very yeah, good. And you know, and you fast forward seventy years, and, and what do we got in America? Anti-Semitism. Yep. yep. Oh, Shocker. yeah. How is that possible? Period. Yep. Unless you can, unless you can work in a hotel or at a golf course. Mm. Yep. So. All right, well, Theo, let, let's let you wrap this up, and we'll we'll play a, a couple of uh, 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 one or two little sound clips before we. Uh, uh, you can stick around for Mad Libs unless you want to get going after the, this segment. Oh, you simply must stay for Mad Libs. I'll see if I can. I've been in the middle of uh, basically cleaning out cabinets and doing a whole lot of stuff to try to get our place ready to sell. And I have have found enough cleaning products to sanitize the entire White House once we can, you know, drive the present (laughs) raffle out of the place. Leah and I are thinking of making a bulk discount or bulk bulk donation just out of the goodness of our hearts. Getting a smell of, of, uh, you know, talcum powder and bad hamburgers out of the White House is going to be bad hard. Don't forget all that KFC famous bowl steak. Yeah. Yeah. The orange spray tan and K- Yeah. Or- orange spray tan and KFC famous bowl is just gonna permeate all the drapes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steam clean, no no go. So uh uh anyway, uh, did you uh any other final thoughts on uh uh all of this uh related to War of the Worlds, uh Theo? Well it's supremely ironic that you know, in this situation where we we literally have fake news, mm-hmm. and it's hard to know what to trust, we've taken. It's possible for this to happen because we've basically taken apart a lot of the safeguards. Yeah, uh, that were in place and put in place largely because of that broadcast and the the uproar around it, if not the panic itself, and. Uh, we're going to have to put a lot back into place. And I just hope we don't have to do it in the wake of um, something that's more unpleasant in the streets than we've got now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're sort of in place at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I say, you know, uh, never give up, never give in. Uh, This administration is, is in one way or another, I, again, I'm not a magic eight ball. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see the future. This administration is reap, gonna reap what they sow, and um, one day we're gonna look back and say, 
it sucked, but we're finally here. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, um, that's, that's the only solace I can give everyone on this program. But uh, but anyway, we, we do need to, to roll along to, to a little bit of audio here. Um, and uh, I think I'm just going to go with the, the, the shortest clip we have because... You know, and Joe, I feel bad because I, I was telling everybody, oh, this is what I got for the show. And it's not that much audio, but it's enough that, fuck it, we're not going to do it. <laughs> so but <laughs> let, let's, let's get to, let's, let's get to this one. And I, even though it's not Alex Jones, I still feel like we should play. Well, now actually, let me get the, the lizard, uh, lizard people jingle. That, yeah, that we one. need those. Yeah, we, yeah. Here, here's uh, we're gonna we're gonna set this one up right now for everybody. This is uh, oh, here you go. Laser people, okay. Whoa, those are some some garlicky balls. Uh, <laughs> okay, so on info. Okay, in case anybody hasn't. Um, uh, been paying attention and we all have but the uh the big release of the the jfk uh documents about the jfk assassination came out and of course there's all kinds of stuff in there from the cia regarding all kinds of shit and charlie pierce wrote about this um yesterday or the day before he's great yeah, and uh, and he said, uh, I love yeah, everybody who doesn't love Charlie Pierce, who doesn't love him, um, but okay, Char- I just like him a lot, not love. <laughs> oh yeah, Trump he, don't Trump Trump doesn't even know who he is. He blew so. me off at Netroots Nation, so I don't have that much love for him. But uh, <laughs> he's a good writer. I, I will talk to him about that. He's a good writer. He's no, got, uh, don't talk to him about roots. it. He was yeah. busy writing. I asked him if he could spare a couple minutes. He was like, I got to write this thing. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, so, but anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so he, uh, he wrote, um, uh, he wrote this piece the other day talking about some uh, very shady looking uh, CIA documents about Hitler's alive and well uh, living in, I, I, I forget what south american country i don't know if it was brazil or argentina or whatever um but it, it was it, you know somewhere there were there was these reports where there was a man in town and people would salute him and and you know say mein Führer, you know yeah and that was bob hitler uh yeah it could have been it could have been yeah. joey hitler too because he was pretty popular yeah. yeah hey joey uh, so, <laughs> Hell. <laughs> so, um, this, uh, okay. Uh, on Infowars, uh, uh, Alex Jones had, he was on vacation or on remote or something like that. And this millennial fucking nitwit named Owen Schroyer, who has been owned so many times by people with, um, I don't know. What do you call it? Brains. Uh, <laughs> when he tries to get in arguments with, with them, he literally, okay. So, so this is like the, the beginning of a segment on the show. What you're going to hear is you're going to hear the setup here from what Owen Schroyer has gleaned from this, uh, you know, again, uh, something that was reported by a CIA, CIA agent who said, no, no, seriously, I think Hitler's alive. 
And the rest of the CIA was like, it really doesn't look like he's alive. It kind of looks like maybe that, you know, this is just uh, bad intel or something. You know, there just wasn't enough to go on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm fairly certain they found Hitler's teeth in that bunker that they blow up. You know. I, I know they yeah. found his his mustache. Oh yeah, <laughs> that thing was made out of Teflon, so uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was disguised as a soul patch. Oh no no no, I'm yeah. sorry, it wasn't made out of Teflon. It was Tefal. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Owen Schroyer reads this portion as much uh, as any Infowars fan or individual that broadcasts on it would read, and gleaned this out of it. And um, um, uh, here you go. The Las Vegas massacre cover-up, nothing. The JFK files being declassified, Hitler still alive. All the history textbooks we lie, lied to us. I was lied to my entire life about JFK, knowingly by my government. I was lied to my entire life about Hitler, knowingly by my government. And that's just a non-story now. And from nomorefakenews.com, John Rappaport takes over in the fourth hour. Uh, I had to I had to save that little last part there. <laughs> the, from no more fake news takes over. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Adolf Hitler, born uh, 1889. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, so. Yeah. yeah. 128. 128. <laughs> um, wow. Well, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, I don't want to completely discard the story, story from Owen Schroyer here. To be fair, the Illuminati could have given him some lizard people elixir that could have extended his life. Well, of course, that explains everything. Yeah. Yeah, because li- lizards yeah. can regenerate. Yes, and of course, lizard people eat balls, and those balls, <laughs> they poop out into magical elixir. Bosco Actually, that. I understand it's easy to clone <laughs> clone somebody from a mustache. The boys from Brazil were all cloned from a mustache, everyone. Absolutely. I love that movie. <laughs> Gregory Peck was just like around the bend in that thing. You know? yeah. uh, <laughs> I have that on VHS. Gregory Peck as a crazed Nazi was worth it. Yeah. Uh, I own that on VHS, Mr. Mueller. It's a great movie. I it's saw, nuts. I know. That was and I'll tell you what. I think I saw that movie on Chiller Theater when I was a kid in the late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> out of Pittsburgh. Very nice. I know I saw they saved Hitler's brain <laughs> on that. <laughs> so uh <laughs> that movie was nuts. <laughs> so yes, they saved and Hitler's boys brain. In Brazil wasn't <laughs> well, they saved Hitler's brain was just stupid. Boys from Brazil. Yeah, Boys from Brazil was an absolute riot. You know, it's a bunch of screenwriters and actors saying, <laughs> "Okay, we're going to have some fun with this," mm-hmm. uh, and they did a rollicking good time. It was kind of like the Lake Placid of Hitler movies. Yeah. <laughs> so just so everybody, in case anybody was ill-informed about the fate and demise of Adolf Hitler, he didn't die in 1945. He's mm-hmm. still alive, and um, he has a he has a birthday coming up next April. So go ahead and uh, you know get your uh, birthday cards signed. I hear he likes the ones that you open up and it plays a song. 
Uh, I, I think oh, you're not going to play him a birthday song. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> uh, well, like did a good Oh, wait a minute. Seriously? You have it's not... It's a masterpiece. My, you yeah, have not, not seen, seen the producers? The producers? I oh. want to. I want to. I, that's I blame that's... Michelle for not making a list and forcing me to watch it. Oh, yeah. no. It's not my fault. Sorry. All right, Miles. Miles. Have no excuse. Miles, uh, I got, some, I got an instruction here for you. I got some instructions here for you, Miles. I want you to go to my Facebook page, and I want you to unfriend me. So... <laughs> 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 uh, Joe, what were you going to say about the producers? Oh, Bialystok and Bloom. Bialystok and Bloom. day. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what she says. Cash, that's a funny last name. So, uh, uh, But uh, that scene at the end of Springtime for Hitler yeah. and the audience yeah. is yeah. one of the classics in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's right up there with uh, Young Frankenstein's putting on the Ritz. You know, yes. it's like, you know, it's it's so funny. It stands alone and and it sings immortal. <laughs> and then the lone clap in the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so funny. The Alice Stockton. Yeah, yeah. Zero mustel. I'm wearing a cardboard uh, belt. Miss you. A cardboard belt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have a few drops from that. Uh, uh, let me see. I, I'm, oh no. Oh man. Do I not have that? Uh, I know there was a, the, I, I'm, I'm hysterical and I'm wet <laughs> and I'm in pain. I'm wet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, seriously. yourself. Yeah. Get Miles, yourself. the original. Yes. <laughs> what you get all yourself? Get all oh, yourself. Uh, oh, you know, I combined that with uh, Glenn Beck at one point. Uh, oh, here, here, yeah. I actually combined that with Glenn Beck freaking out and saying, get off my phone to somebody. Will you get a hold of yourself? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Well, th that's okay. Miles didn't even see the meaning of life until I... Uh, conned him into seeing it this year so oh well wow you know back in back in the 90s i rented that movie when i was visiting my mother in california you know and she was in her 70s and uh honest to god i never saw my mother lose complete control of herself <laughs> in my life when she, she laughed so hard i was worried about her can I get? Can I the guess? Whole movie? Can I guess where yeah, it would? Have, can I guess where it might have happened uh, intensely? Every Pete? sperm is sacred. Every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. Come on, that's where uh, everybody had, loses. I that was my guess. It. I had that clip ready to go for you right there. 
That's amazing. I had to stop it because I was actually <laughs> worried about mom. You know? <laughs> she could not get her breath. She was laughing so hard. Oh, yeah, that's my, great. Miles lost it through that one as well. So Sure. That was funny. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It is uh, once again break time. We have some Mad Libs to get to. I think we might try and get through uh, maybe one or two more of our trailers um, uh, from uh, me and Michelle oh, and then bl- blow through the Mad Libs. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of been a fun week to take a fairly decent break from the politics uh, and, and just have some fun. So uh, and Theo, are you uh, do you need to get rolling? Yeah, I do. I just heard the microwave announcing that dinner is ready. Ding! <laughs> so, I'll bid you folks a good evening, and I'll just be listening in and enjoying. Take care. Well, I'll everybody. tell you what. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on, Theo. Before you, before you go, okay. let's get your let's get your contribution to Mad Libs right now. Give me the name of an animal, Theo. Archaeopteryx. You had to give me one that's hard to spell. <laughs> I think I know Archaeopteryx. Mm, uh, okay. All, all, all right. Uh, all right. There we go. Archaeopteryx. Got it. Uh, all right. Thank you, Theo. Thank you, uh, my brother. Uh, tell uh, Leah hello. Great luck with the move and the sale and everything like that. And I'll talk to you very soon, okay? Sure thing. Take care, all. Good right. night. Good night. Bye bye. So, uh, Good night. Okay, we're going to go ahead and hit the break right now. When we come back, we'll we'll at least listen to uh, one or two more trailers and then get to the Mad Libs. I don't ha- I actually got a lot of uh, contributions from the chat tonight, so it won't take long for the Mad Libs, everybody. But let's go ahead and hit the break. We'll be right back with lots more, well, one more segment of Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com. Thank you very much for coming to Halabaloo, or should I say, thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome to Halabaloo on this spooky night. Come on in and have a bite on the neck. <laughs> I think you've got a few bats in it's your But he couldn't fit in the room. And the mummy's running late. He goes wrap up in his tomb. And the ghost say boo. It's a hallabaloo. You gonna be there too. I'll have you know, I was at the top of my anatomy class. I can find a vein on anybody. <laughs> Dancing ghouls and singing ghosts. Now raise your cup, propose a toast. The blood! <laughs> Who put steak on the buffet? I specifically said no steak on the buffet! Oh, it's not like a little steak will kill you. No, a steak will literally fucking kill me! That is the one thing that will fucking kill a Dracula, is a steak! That's the fucking fact! How could you not know this? Do you live under a rock? 
Why, yes, I do. It's quite an ice rock, might I add. The sun is rising and our hallelujah is coming to an end. We hope you made some ooky friends. What do you mean, friends? I think you mean to say... It's a <laughs> And a ghost ain't blue. It's a hallelujah. This boogieing has loosened the nuts in my hand. Yeah, Wolfman, get down from my couch, you bad boy. You'll be sleeping in the wolf house tonight. Grand Marquis of Hell, provoker of discords, and upon Ronwe, demon of forbidden knowledge, and upon Behemoth, archdevil of the Black Deluxe, I call upon Asmodeus, the destroyer, and Astaroth, friend of all the great lords of Hades. I call upon the many names of Prince Satan, the Elzebub and Lucifer. I demand an audience with his satanic majesty. Can you pick? On turn up the night. The monster must live. More power, Igor. More power. That thing can get up as much as I can. Yes, yes, that's it, Igor. This night must be turned up. Yes, master. It's alive. It's alive. It's a giant! That was a bad idea, Igor. Get the torches. Turn up the night, Igor. Get the torches, Igor. Make me a breakfast bird. What was that, Igor? Yes, master. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Oh, I accidentally played the wrong uh, uh, intro back into the show, but then I uh, I decided to play this one with P.S. Mueller and Steve Gotcher. Look at that. Do you remember that thing, Pete? Back in the day. Yeah, that was shit about five, five six years ago you guys did that Something for like me. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate that. That was so, I was, I was so flattered. I was young and fresh. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was so flattered. I, it was a script that I wrote that you guys read. Such an honor. We did. So, uh, but of course, P.S. Mueller, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Master of Terror. Welcome back. That would be me. Yes. Yeah. I played a couple of your uh, short stories, the one you did with Michael Ash Sharbaugh last year. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, I, yeah. And uh, then uh, there was uh, Late, I think was that one. Yeah. And, and yeah. then there was another one that I played can't remember what it was, but you sent it to me uh, a few years that ago. That might have been one from the, that uh, the, the, the CD, ser- CD magazine I was involved in about 
almost 20 years ago. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, uh, I, I chucked that they one. Were, they were short-lived. Yeah. They wanted to be a magazine on a CD. I love that concept because I love CDs and I'm waiting for the resurgence of CDs once all the hipsters get done with the vinyl. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to admit, I, I like CDs too. I love CDs. I, I uh, uh, you know, what I like better than anything is YouTube, though, because if there's a piece of music that you know you don't have or you haven't heard in a long time or you just want to explore, it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I don't. I, I'm not a high fidelity kind of guy, so you know, I'll sit here and work, and I want to hear uh, a South American Wayne Shorter record from like 1982. It's there. Oh, by the way, I just got a CD uh, randomly. I, I ordered a, a, a miscellaneous lot of, of music uh, that had some prog mm -hmm. mixed in with it, and I got a Van de Graaff Generator CD. I remember them. Yeah. Uh, I think Dub's got some of their vinyl down there. Yeah. So I got a, mm -hmm. like a compilation of Van de Graaff Generator, so there you go. Thanks. And, of, of course, welcome back to the show, Mr. Joe Santorza, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Mr. Clown Car Mechanic, also heard on the Tim Caramel Show, and owner-operator of the poorly written political blog. And he is not a Nazi. <laughs> no. 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 Joe Santorza is very cool, ladies and gentlemen. He's <laughs> he really cool. Is. He really is. Yeah, yeah. not a Nazi. So, uh, yeah, definitely not a... He couldn't even say Nazi. He would say, No, 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 Yeah, I also love this clip, too. Uh, hold, hold on. There, here. Why, you Nazi bastard! Yeah, there you go. From Marathon Man. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. another uh, crazy movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't go to a dentist for 15 years after that. <laughs> Talk to me about that. And, uh, oh, okay. The dynamic duo, the Dream Team from Port St. Lucie, Florida, Michelle Lagon, the Rogue DM, also heard on Mike Check Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern every Saturday. Welcome back. I apologize. I'm sneezing my head off. But don't talk to me about the marathon, man. I can't okay. handle that. Susan. I have a phobia about gender. So Susan, Susan just sneezed too. You are sisters and sneeze. It's good so. you weren't with me yesterday. Yeah. I had oral surgery. Ah, okay. Oh. Uh, I yeah. had two teeth yanked. And now he has the hiccups. No, I don't. Well, well no, I I'm very drunk. No, no, I'm, 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 I made it. That's a callback to. Oh. You said you might have to disappear for two minutes because the medicine you have might give you hiccups. Yeah, you know, uh, Vicodin will give me hiccups. Hmm. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. Cucumbers do that to me. Um, and <laughs> Miles Lagon, the other portion of the dynamic duo from Mike Check Radio. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome. So, uh, all right. Uh, we, we have our Mad Libs almost completely filled out. Um, and uh, let's see. We have, um, let me see, what do I have for you? Uh, oof. Let's see what the length is. I think we, we might have to save the Captain Kronos one for later, but uh, you do have uh, uh, one Not that is, you have a, a very, uh, uh, of course, what should be everybody's favorite? One of their oh, favorites. Dracula, yeah. Dracula 1931. 1931, yep. yeah. Let's listen to yep. the trailer for Dracula. <laughs> 
I am Dracula. A moment ago, I stumbled upon a most amazing phenomenon. Something so incredible, I mistrust my own judgment. Look. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rats. 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 Thousands. Millions of them. <laughs> but no, this is no dream. This is Dracula. The original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you, dear? Tell me. He came to me. He opened a thing in his arms and he made me drink. Children of the night, what music they make. Attack that onto the end for you. So. <laughs> But yeah, Michelle, uh, that's uh, one of your all-time favorites, as is mine. Oh, it has to be because it 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 started the 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 Dracula franchise, you know. Yeah. And it's it's Bela Lugosi, you know, Hungarian-born uh, gentleman, and he was ruined, um, sh- not too far after the Dracula franchise. You know, basically, yeah. they told him he could never play Dracula again. And, well, uh, and in, you know, in in this thing about it is he was so typecast uh, back yeah. in the day. It's like you can't do it again, but uh, you know, yeah, he played you Igor. Can and, yeah, yeah, and then of course, in Ed Wood, you know, revived his career once he was a he was uh, a sad, heroine. sad man. Yeah, yeah, in and I have a Lugosi um, biography uh, from. Late late nineties. It's really good. It's just called Bella Lugosi. Um, yeah, he also had some addictions too that were pretty. Yeah, and if anybody's seen the fictionalized account of that in the uh, Tim Burton film Ed Wood, it's it's mm, sort of accurate, but you know it's obviously very very fictionalized. But Ed Wood, uh, you know. Uh, Love him, hate him, whatever. Ed Wood, uh, he he kind of did. And Ed Wood was an addict himself. He was an alcoholic, um, yeah. and uh, he he kind of exploited Lugosi towards the end. But yeah, there was just always things like Lugosi popped up in like the Abbott and Costello meets Dracula or whatever kind of stuff. And and he always he always found a way to reprise the role without actually reprising the role because I think you know copyright. You know, it wasn't like yes. Disney. They wouldn't or, let him do it. Yeah, it was right. like, wasn't like Disney or Warner Brothers. You know, going after just like a likeness or anything like that. Uh, but and now Universal, they're like, oh yeah, we want to be remembered for 
given Bella Lugosi, you know, that role, whatever. Oh, and but Lugosi, uh, I was going to say real quick, uh, Lugosi actually played Jesus in a Hungarian production of um, some, I don't know if it was about the crucifixion or whatever, but there are pictures you can find out there of Bella Lugosi dressed as Jesus. Yeah. But his his son actually had some really good input into the whole situation. You know, because his, his son was, you know, came to some of the screenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he um, even even not the Dracula screenings, but back when he played oh, yeah. Igor or when he actually played the monster. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played several different roles that a lot of people don't remember him for. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was a Chandu. Wasn't he Chandu as well for a while? I think he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so and he did he did a little bit, not as much as Karloff, but he did a little bit of old time radio as well. Mm-hmm. I think his he, accent. He was kind I of think, a, str- a stage actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was trained as a stage actor, and uh, yes, and like mm-hmm. Karloff, you know, they uh, they really those were two guys that like seriously rehearsed for film scenes. Wow. You know, they're both talented guys, but they, you know, they came to acting. Uh, yeah, directly from the stage. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of, kind of a. You can, you can tell that even to this day. You know, people that come from the stage and then go into movies, there's a, a, a delivery, and they tend to speak louder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, uh, post a link in the in the chat room to anybody if you want to see Bella Lugosi as Jesus. Um, I'll put in there. He looks great as Jesus. Actually, he was a very young man when when these pictures were taken. So, actually, you know what? No, that link is too long. Just do a Google Google search for Lagosi Jesus. You'll find it. Yeah, go go go. Go do a Google search. Go ahead, Michelle. He's he's probably more realistic than the blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus that a lot of Christians portray nowadays. Oh yeah. So. Oh, yeah. he really is. It's it's, it's kind of stunning, yep. actually. Makes me want to believe. Um, so uh, <laughs> really, no, it does not. <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, okay, so uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, let's let's go through uh, one last quick trailer. Uh, not a lot of commentary is needed because we've already talked about John Carpenter. I think this is oh, an yeah. underrated. Um. Again, John Carpenter did did a, a couple remakes at the very least. Uh, one being the um the thing, the other being a little film that he did in 1995. At precisely 10 a.m. in a quiet seaside village, something happened. Something unexplainable. Something unbelievable. There's a lot of pregnancies, much more than would normally be expected. All the pregnancies seem to date from the day of the blackout. Now, this town is about to discover that looks can kill. There have been a few casualties. I should say, accidents that might be related to contact with the children. My daughter was involved. Who are they? They have one mind that they share between them. Father? 
Let us pray. You've been discussing us with Dr. Vern. What did she tell you? You're hiding something. The police can't do anything to stop the children. Get out while you can. There's something so much more powerful than we'll ever be. What are you gonna do? The only thing that we can do. You can't stop us, you know. So that's the 1995 remake of Village of the wow. Damned by John Carpenter, starring Superman, Luke Skywalker, and uh, Savick. Was that uh, Kirstie Alley's name in Star Trek? <laughs> I, I think so. Lieutenant Savick, I believe. Um, but it, anyway, so yeah, it had, yeah. Uh, it had uh, Kirstie Alley, uh, Mark Hamill, and Christopher Reeve. And it also had that guy from, um, what was that, uh, on the dark side, oh yeah, what was that movie, the, um, Johnny and the Thunderbirds or whatever that was, or, um, you remember, it was kind of a, 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 a early 80s movie about the guy who faked his own death, it was supposed to be kind of like Jim Morrison, and they had the big yeah, hit, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Buster Brown and the whatever band did the song for it, whatever, so. Yeah. Anyway. So you'd like that better than the original? I, I, I'm not going to say I like it better than the original. I just think it's an underrated John Carpenter film. This is what? No. Uh, Vill- Village of the Damned? Right? Yeah, yeah, Village of the Damned from uh, 95. I saw yeah. the original in the movie theater when it was out. I saw well, it in the drive-in. I Ooh. loved it. Oh. I was and, under a dashboard. And and the the you know and again it was one of Christopher Reeves' last films before he had his accident. Um, it was a very good movie. Yes. And yeah. and again it was uh you know Mark Hamill as a as like a, a a kind of a a crazy priest ready to shoot children was kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Eddie well, and the Cruisers—that's the name of the movie I was trying to think of. the the okay. lead The lead from Eddie and the Cruisers was in that uh, as well. Uh, he didn't last too long, though. All spoilers. Um, but no, I, I don't necessarily like it better than the the original. I just really think that you know uh, that was kind of that movie is pretty telling because it had three big actors who kind of mm-hmm. fell off the radar in one big director who kind of fell off the radar. And mm-hmm. I think they kind of made some magic there uh, that yeah. didn't get a lot of recognition. No, Again. and it was a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, remakes rarely are. Yes. Yeah. John Carpenter, so. you know, he had that down. He knows, he, he knows how to do that. Um, yeah. He well, did. What's really scary about John Carpenter is he had some great movies, and then when people try to remake his movies, they yeah. kind of screw up. Oh, God. That's the truth. Yes, because the remake yeah. of Fog sucked balls. Oh, God. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Shh, don't don't tell Susan because yep. Jared Padalecki was in that and she really likes him. No. Oh no I no no. It was no no no. It wasn't. Like I'm I'm sorry. It wasn't Jared Padalecki. It was actually uh, the kid who was in Smallville. Um. Tom Welling. Tom Welling was in the Fog remake. I made you go to. No, wasn't Jared? No, Jared was no. No, Jared was in the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Yeah, I made you go to. 
Okay, and and Jensen and was in the My Bloody Valentine. I didn't yeah. see that, but Tom Welling was yeah. in The Fog. I made you go see. And and Susan's yeah. sitting in. The, Susan just came in the room. Her ears perked up, and she's like, "I made you go yeah, see right. that in the theater. I made you go see that one in the theater too, didn't I?" Yeah, yeah, you did. That was an awesome time. Um, so. <laughs> You have not seen every superhero movie ever in the theater. That is bullshit. So, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. We, we got to wrap things up. So, uh, let's do Love a sp- speed round. Everybody loves you. Speed round, Mad Lib. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This is madness. Don't get mad, get Mad Lib. <laughs> Oh, God bless Matt Libs. All right. And these Mad Libs were inspired by you tonight, uh, uh, Miles. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Little old me? Yeah, um, because you told the story about your favorite trick-or-treater who was scared of spiders. Oh. And Susan, oh, yes. she came back and she brought me Spider-Man Mad Libs. Boy. Oh, okay. That was very thoughtful. Yeah, so she got this yeah. on the on the the big trip I talked about in a fury last Friday, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so these are mostly filled out. It's not going to take too long. But Miles, you get to go first. Uh, I'll give you the best one on this. Uh, give us a part of the body, my friend. Scrotum. The scrot. Uh, okay, um, Michelle, how about an adjective? An adjective, um, uh, ghastly. Ghastly. Uh, Joe, how about a verb? Punked. Punked. Okay, and, um... All right, P.S. Mueller, I need a plural noun, sir. You need a plural what? Noun. Windows. Windows it is. Uh, All right, Michelle, back to you. A verb ending in I-N-G. Fucking. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, you are most welcome. Miles, I need I need an occupation. Oh, a veterinarian. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I spelled that right. Uh, Joe, I need an adjective. Cranky. Cranky. There you go. And P.S. Mueller, last but most certainly not least, the last word for this one. One more adjective, sir. One more adjective. Okay. Aha. It's not an official word, but you'll take it. Snarky. Oh, I love that. Yeah, snarky is good. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, we have two Mad Libs from Spider-Man Mad Libs tonight, everybody. Uh, from from the law firm Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, LLC. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, this is um, the origin of Spider-Man. My name is Peter Parker, 
you might look at me and think, he's just some garlicky kid from Niagara Falls, New York. But I became a lot more than that the day I was bitten by a radio archaeopteryx, uh, whatever Theo said. <laughs> archaeopteryx. Archaeopteryx. There we go. Uh, I was on a class trip to, to, to the deep cave at the time. <laughs> I, am, I am a ghoul guy. <laughs> after, after all... Uh, I am a ghoul guy, after all. Sorry, there we go. Uh, things got really ghastly when I started to grab weird spider powers. I thought I was losing mm -hmm. my scrotum. Ooh. At first, I thought I could punk my powers to make some quick pastramis. But then I found myself in real trouble. I failed to stop a teat and lost my gooey Uncle Ben in the process. <laughs> Susan will chuckle from the other room, so good job, everyone. Uh, that's when I vowed to use my crucifix to help people of... <laughs> All right, here, this is, the, this is the sentence. This is the sentence right here. That's when I vowed to use my crucifix to help the people of Jamaica. I made a snazzy balloon and began fumigating around town as the amazing Spider-Man. There you go. <laughs> I love my snazzy balloon. All right, this one uh, also from Spider-Man Mad Libs. Welcome to New York City. Welcome to New York City, or as locals call it, the Stromboli that loves to stick. <laughs> this city <laughs> This city is home to many famous windows, as well as some of the most ghastly heroes of all time. Spider-Man. On, <laughs> on any given day, you might see him fucking across town or dirtying, an e <laughs> or dirtying an evil villain in the middle of Times Square. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't be afraid. Uh, actually, I kind of would be afraid if I saw somebody fucking across town or dirtying an evil villain in the middle of Times Square. But he says, uh, well, it always gives those, me pause. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those Times Square Spider Men are pretty skanky. So, yeah. Yeah. I see, I see that now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're webbing. It never dries, you know. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got mm. socks full of webbing in his in the bottom of his yeah. closet. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> he does that dream for that. But but it, it, okay. All right. Let me let me go back. Uh, you may see him fucking across town or dirtying an evil villain in the middle of Times Square. Don't be afraid. He does that all the time. How is that making it better? If he does it all the time, don't be afraid. He does it all the time. That sounds dangerous for everyone involved. Um, during your stay, why not visit the Pyrite of Liberty? It's that big puce thing you might have seen on TV. It, it was a gift from the, uh, the veterinarian of the nude beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's sticky. 
<laughs> yes, uh, apparently so. Uh. Spider-Man fights bad guys there, too. Oh, and don't forget to check out the cranky Daily Bugle building. If you're wispy, you might... Uh, or, or you can catch a Spider-Man... Uh, you can catch Spider-Man fighting bad buns on the building's scenic moon. Isn't this city... The most snarky place in the world? I think it is. I think it is. So, all right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. Spider-Man Mad Libs. <laughs> You're welcome. Spider-Man oh, Mad Libs. Oh, boy. So, that was good. Just, you might seem fucking across town or dirtying a villain in Times Square. And don't be afraid. He does it all the time. This is the <laughs> kind of... Role. This is... so Somebody needs to step forward. <laughs> yes. Dirt Spider-Man? Really? (laughs) Stop dirtying the villains. Just (laughs) defeat them. Defeat Mm -hmm. them. Don't dirty them. I don't even want to know how you're doing that. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Well, let's do quick parting shots tonight, everybody. Uh, we'll we'll start with uh, 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 Michelle and Miles. Michelle, what do you got on the way out of the program? Um, nothing much. Just enjoy more horror films. You know, yes. some of them out there are very fun. Very, uh, uh, you don't, they're not just campy. You know, look at, look at some of the old 1970s hammer flicks, please. Yeah. You'll enjoy them. And they're a blast. Dracula. No, fun. Dracula yeah. AD 1972. Yep. So, yes. uh, <laughs> uh, and, Carolyn uh, Monroe. Love there her. you go. There you go. And Miles, what do you have on the way out, sir? Uh, yeah, just uh, be sure to check us out tomorrow on uh, Mike Check Radio with Adam. And um, just, you know, bear down, grin, go through the thing. Oh, and uh, I-, I do enjoy the horror movies with um, the the main bad guys like a child. That is always oh. creepy. I thought you were gonna say oh, yeah. with I thought you were gonna say with nudity, but can go ahead. No, 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 like Damien or uh, the, the, the bad the seed. Dan. Yeah, Almond, the bad seed. We talked about the bad seed uh, on the program. Pet, um, pet, great movie. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is good. Yeah. So, all right, that that's really it. All right, very good. Uh, any topics you guys are gonna tackle tomorrow? Uh, any? Well, Adam will probably give a non-spoiler. Um, Mm, pseudo review of Thor Ragnarok tomorrow. Anything I else think on the we're waiting uh, until next docket week for Thor? Well, I'm no, sure he'll probably uh, at least uh, give uh, people his opinion on it. But anything else on the? Oh docket? yeah. Oh he, oh oh yeah yeah yeah. That'll happen. That'll happen. He'll he'll say he loved it. I'll get that's a spoiler for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no other. Uh, we've not pre-planned, unfortunately. So no. We well, shall see how it happens. There you go. All right, and uh, P.S. Mueller, P.S. Mueller. I'm sorry, I, I got I got distracted because a cat is scratching my rug and it's pissing me off. Um, so it's not. There's a scratching post right over there. How don't you understand that? Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, P.S. Mueller, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, welcome. Uh, uh, please uh, give your parting shots here. I want everybody to know. That my um, one of our cats, the older cat, uh, whose name is Bosco, Bosco. After the, he's named after the chocolatey syrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does understand English, and we uh, he doesn't speak it, 
Because, well, you know, cat's mouth parts just aren't fashioned yeah. that way to allow and all that. the flexibility of the language. But he understands what I say. Oh, these guys understand me, too. They just like And on top of me. that, he makes jokes. Oh, nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah he, he clowns. That's yeah. good. Anything else, yeah. Pete? And before everyone should know that. And uh, and uh, 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 well, I have something to tell you after we sign off. Uh, but, All right. Um, well, we that, that, that can... wait. Okay. Very good. And Joe Santoris of Scranton, Pennsylvania. What do you got, sir? Yes. Okay. To close out um, with the the uh, horror film theme, mm-hmm. I will point out that today is the anniversary of the premiere of Godzilla in nice. 1954. Oh, yes. Greatest monster movie of all time. Yes. He first yep. crawled up on the shores of Japan on this day in 1954. Yeah. And, and Took Raymond me a second. Burr kind of crawled up on shore behind him. That's yeah. right. As a report, the reporter... Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was his uh, audition role for uh, Iron Mason. Oh, uh, oh, no, oh Ironside. 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 <laughs> yeah, Ironside. Well, he was Ironside yeah. and Perry Mason, though, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And you yes. know, and he was the the killer in Rear Window. Yes. And, uh, oh, it was a, a great, perfect role uh, because he was terrifying. Yes. I yeah, gotta watch yes, that definitely. again. Yeah. Oh, that's another and movie. Uh, Speaking, uh, you know, going back to movie remakes, and of course, Christopher Reeve, after he was paralyzed, mm-hmm. did a remake of. Uh, after he was paralyzed, did a remake of Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Plus, we didn't we didn't do cover any Hitchcock in our greatest horror movies, and we no. that's a whole show all by itself. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah that's the. Really is. And I love to. I I do love talking about movies. We we should try and do one that's a little more all inclusive, uh, next time. Um, so yeah, I think I think maybe uh, getting towards Thanksgiving, we'll do a big show where we uh, uh get everybody's movie, TV recommendations, whatever, and uh, really lay it out and uh, do some mind expansion on the program. Nobody talks enough about Alfred Hitchcock's wife, Alma. Okay. Because, I don't know, you know much about her. She, well, she uh, well, you know, uh, okay. during it's the gonna... time they were married, she, she co-produced everything, co-wrote everything. He didn't do anything without her complete ah. partnership and involvement. Yeah. Well, that that's a that's a story for another day. That that's good. I, uh, yeah. So That'd let's let's plan episode. on that. Yep. Let's plan on that. But uh, but yeah. So uh, Joe, anything else to add before we wrap it up? Just that uh, Ram Burr had one in in uh, Perry Mason had one of the great names secretaries. Do you remember? Oh, Della Street. Della. Oh Street. Yeah. 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 Della Street. Della. Yeah. yeah. Great, great name. Great name. Yeah. And, and all that's right. It. All right. Well, very good. And uh, so tonight, I believe Adam Hebert is going to be filling in for me on the night show. And tomorrow, after Mike Check Radio, I might check in for a few minutes tomorrow on the show uh, with you guys. But I will be having Frank's Giving uh, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. 
my my twisted uh, uh, post Halloween pre Thanksgiving dinner party, and um, we'll be uh, going on air after Mike Check Radio. Hopefully, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, no guarantees, but I will be putting my getting requests from my party guests and playing them on air, and and we'll we'll go on air for at least one segment tomorrow night, but probably not more than that. Probably just me and Mort like it was last year. And, uh, I'll, uh, uh, let people know, uh, if, if we want to add people to the call or whatever, or call me, actually, there won't be anybody on the, uh, on the line with us because we're doing it locally. So if you want to be on, I'll open Skype and you can call me, whatever. We'll talk about that more tomorrow night, but yeah, after, Mike Check Radio, 10 p.m. tomorrow. Be sure to listen to all of Mike Check Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Adam Hebert, Miles, Michelle, John Kendall. I will be off. I'm not sure if anybody else is going to be on the program. Uh, but, yeah, enjoy when? the extended Halloween bonus um, on Indie Media Weekly. But we do have to wrap things up right now. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, that's all we got for tonight. For Good night. Franksgiving Eve. Oh, I gotta find my show ending. I don't know where the hell that went. I move thing. I move things around. I move things around. This is so stupid. Uh, so anyway, here we'll do the Paul Lind Halloween uh, ending. Here. You have just been the greatest. Thank you for making me feel wanted. And thank you for inviting us into your homes tonight with our Halloween special. I hope we were a howling success. I'd like to thank my guest stars, Tim Conway, Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly, Lawrence Henderson, The Incredible Kiss, Billy Barty, Betty White, and a special thank you to our beautiful witches, Margaret Hamilton and Billy Hayes. I believe in you. I believe in you. And of course, the two kids I love so much, Donnie and Marie Osmond. In case I don't see you for a while, to all you little monsters out there, you have a happy Halloween. Now, excuse me, I'm going back to my group to trip the heavy fantastic. Sid and Marty Clark. Happy Halloween, everybody.